Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Go for it, baby. <laughs> Sorry, I, was, I have been off for a couple of days, and I thought that would be a, the, the cool thing to say to start the show. I'm sadly mistaken. <laughs> You're over one. Thurs- Happy Thursday. It's the Sports Animals in the Morning on ESPN Honolulu. Three things you need to know heading on into work. Uh, one of them is traffic. We'll get you updated in a few minutes here again. Uh, the UH teams take it to, to the court. And the uh, and the the diamond tomorrow. Yeah, big matches, both against the same school. Of course, different teams for volleyball, baseball. UC San Diego is in town. The end of the regular season for men's volleyball. You're still tied with Long Beach State to win the outright championship of the regular season. You need to at least win one and have Long Beach State lose. Or if you win two, you win the tiebreaker over Long Beach State. For baseball, they just want to get back on the winning ways against the team in the conference who's actually doing really well in first place and. In fact, UC San Diego. All right, and uh, let's see here. It's in, in we uh, for the uh, the soft bows. I'm uh, checking out their schedule. All right, they uh, they go at it tomorrow against Cal State Bakersfield on the road. Uh, the Lote Championship is underway, and uh, we've got a, a crowded uh, leaderboard towards the top we'll fill you in on that coming up in a sec yeah i know you're a big fan of that i believe you're going to be attending that and right after the masters you have a great tournament here on oahu and uh pretty prestigious and hopefully it'll be a lot of fun this weekend as it usually is they have a tournament on a what the lote championship the... it's here oh, oh oh i'm sorry i thought you said there was another one i was like when well, I'm saying, well after the I masters another... you have another great to... tournament i want to have another day off okay <laughs> i got <laughs> i stop now all right, the, the Hawks and Lakers are in. The NBA playoffs continue. And uh, finally, you got guys playing really hard in the NBA. I know I'm going to get criticism from you on that, but these guys have turned it up a notch. And oh. this has come out to really whoever wants it Oh, the now you're going to get criticized. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Well, wh- how about this for a couple of interesting facts, fun facts of the play-in tournament so far. Three of the four road teams have won. The only home team to win was the Lakers in overtime who barely won. So, so much for some home court advantage. And if you ever heard an expression, well, nothing ever good comes from screaming and yelling, well, tell that. I've never heard that before. You, th- just keep, I've heard that from my parents when I used to, you know, you know scream and yell. Comes to, I well, should remember that. Well, the thing is, I think <laughs> it did, some good did come yesterday because DR, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan's oh, yeah. daughter, screaming at the top of her lungs, Helped Toronto go 50% from the free throw line. Missed 18 free throws at home. And that's the big key for the Bulls to win. DeMar said he owes her some money now. Yeah, I saw that uh, press conference afterwards. And it was, it was, she looks like she's about nine years old, something like that. 
I mean, she was in full force. She was on a mission. And was that the first time she had been to a game? I don't know. I didn't hear that, but I've never heard her name or her story or this part of right. it. But she it had a nice, uh, yeah, she had like a bling bling uh, bulls jacket. Yeah, you know, yeah. she was. It was. It was very. It was like it was bedazzled out, and uh, it was. It was more of a than a scream. It was like a. She was screeching. Yeah, yeah. She was screeching because a couple of them before they showed her. They showed a couple of guys. Um, I watched the end of this game, and I didn't um, – maybe I had the volume down. I was watching on my computer, and uh, I didn't notice anything about the, 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 the screeching. And then on SportsCenter, they're showing it, and, you know, just a couple of three throws, and you hear this, yeah! Yeah, really loud. <laughs> and, and I'm all, what is that? And then they show her, and she's going up, and she's getting high fives. I don't know if it's from her mom or somebody yeah. next to her. And it was, <laughs> it definitely, it definitely, you know, is an advantage. One thing I thought was great, they showed, you know, all that coverage, of course, on SportsCenter. There was one highlight where DeMar's getting interviewed on TV after the game. She comes running up to him, and he's giving her a hug. And as she gets within, like, two inches of him, she gives the face of a dad who is really smelling of sweat. And she gave oh. that look, and she moved <laughs> backwards real quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. But what a performance by now viral and famous Ew. DR DeRozan. Ew, Daddy! <laughs> but I bet this. Okay, now this is a this is going to be great because there's going to be other daughters and, and sons out there in the NBA. With um, oh gosh, what's the guy? Riley the star Curry? Player, no, the star player for the Lakers. LeBron James. No, I'm not Lakers. Uh, Celtics. Jay, oh, Jason Tatum's kid. Yeah, um, Deuce. They call him Deuce. Is his no, name. not Jason Tatum. Well, his son's the, the, always around. No, but the superstar, the superstar player. Well, Jason MVP. Tatum is their biggest player. Is it Jason Tatum? Is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah, no. his son is always around. Jalen Brown's the other star, Marcus Smart. But Jason Jason Tatum's son is always around on TV and getting a lot of hype and pub. Oh, okay. Jason Tatum. Sorry, Jason Tatum's <laughs> who I'm thinking of. But he has like three. There's like three kids and oh. his wife that are there, and they're like maybe they're a little too young. I'm not sure, but anyway. I see other others other, other uh, uh, basketball kids doing the same thing. Now you can do it as a football kid, but no one's going to hear you. Yeah, right. I mean, Riley Curry, I guess, would be the next you know probable star as a youngster. Well, she's probably a little too old. Yeah, now maybe by that. now, by now, she's already had a few years under her belt. She's in the union right. already, I believe. Right, and she's probably like a young teenager by now, so she's probably thinking, oh, no, I don't know how old she is, but like, oh, as we say here in Hawaii, oh, no, like, make A. (laughs) But when you're nine, hey, no problem, make A, go for it. Okay, here's one thing, if maybe somebody can point this out or give the exact scenario of this. Okay, she does this last night. She's sitting in back of the basket, DR DeRozan, and she's screaming. Now, remember, teams switch baskets at halftime. So what I want to know, did she switch baskets at halftime, or was she so loud that at the other end of the court it was affecting the Toronto Raptors in their shooting? I think it's got to be she was so loud because it's quiet. That's Everyone's what I quiet yeah. down, okay, you know, because they're at, um, they were – at home, right? Yep. Bulls are on the road, so the home crowd is going to be like super quiet. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I think it's funny. that was a These great story yesterday. Things. Yeah, this is. We're not talking about Luka Dunk Doncic pouting or you know um, the the <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks tanking or anything like that. Did you guys get into that the oh, last couple of days? Not only did we get wow. into it after the fact, I got into it. 
during the announcement on Friday, well, not during, well, the announcement came out Friday that those guys weren't going to be playing. I went off thinking, how ridiculous is that on Friday's show because right. they still have a chance for the playoff? What kind of a message is that sending? And then after seeing everything play out uh, and Jason Kidd's conversation with the media on Friday, on Monday's show, I was saying Mark Cuban and the Mavs should be fined a couple of million bucks and they should refund every ticket holder from Friday's game, Slovenian night, and you get to see Luca for 13 <laughs> minutes because it's Slovenian night. I think it was 12 minutes. It they, was actually 12 They said minutes. it was going to be 12. I heard both. But either way, it was limited in a game that you could still make the playoff. Tanking is different when you are going for more ping pong ball. He was trying to avoid giving the Knicks a, a lottery pick and helping yeah. his chances, which wouldn't help that much. That's ridiculous. What do you tell your fans when you're paying full price for a ticket and your team is trying not to make the playoffs? I wonder how that went over in Dallas. I wonder if the Dallas fans were like, hey, you know what? That's a smart thing to do. Got to make our team better. I, I, I've read a lot online, mostly on Twitter, about it, and the consensus, at least from the media and some of the people that commented, were it was awful. You can't do it like that. And they acknowledged it, basically, what Jason Kidd did. Uh, I, I get oh, credit yeah. for it in a subtle way. But well, he, you can't he was do basically, that. He basically came out and said, hey, it wasn't my decision. Yep. Not my, don't blame me. Don't look here. Yep. And I give him a little credit for that. Hopefully, that won't cost. I don't think that won't cost him his job. He shouldn't lose it. But that's that's really awful. So that was that was kind of uh, amazing. I mean, again, I think every ticket holder should get a refund. You're paying full price to see a, a game, and you're not really seeing a game at full price or at full capacity because they're trying to lose, and you have a chance for the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, your I team. Wanted, it was my – I like – you know, I like the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, um, Mark Cuban just thinks a little bit differently. I think Cuban's just a bold enough guy where he can just come out – he just goes out and says, all right, is this, is this, is this decision I'm about to make worth two or three million dollars or two million dollars? Right. Said so people are going to forget this by the time the season starts next year. Yep, you're right. You're totally right. And, and here's the bad part for the NBA. What if it works? What if they – you know, for whatever reason, um, they, they, they get to keep that number 10 pick. Is it a 10 pick? Well, it's top like 10 that? protected. If okay, it's anywhere so in they, the top 10, they keep it. Right. So if it's in the top 10 and that player comes out to be another Luka Doncic, but this one actually plays a little bit better defense, say that happens, <laughs> they'll go, people will start going, oh, okay, that, that's the recipe to success. You're right. Look at tanking when it first started. I know the Lakers did it way, way, way back in the early 90s at the end of a regular season. They were not They were tanking just to rest players, and there was another team just trying to get more ping pong balls, and it's caught on. I mean, when it first happened, how dare anybody try that? And now a lot of teams do it, obviously, looking at last week's box scores. So maybe, you know, I don't, and I know Adam Silver doesn't want this to be the trend. Because it's just, I mean, it was just really awful. When you have a chance for the playoffs, you shouldn't be tanking. But again, in the big picture, you're right. Mark Cuban knows what he's doing, and it might be the right move. It's just a bad way to handle it. And it doesn't really incre increase their chances that much. I think they and Utah had about the same record. So yeah. now by losing that game, they'll ensure themselves a better chance of having a top 10 pick so the Knicks don't get it. Still, it only increases your chances maybe over one team. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, I promised a leaderboard update here at the Lotte Championship. It's presented by Hawakale. It's presented by them, and it's at Hawakale. Wow, they've. Ch they, they, I wonder if they're just going to keep it there because years ago it was at Koolina. Not years, and three years ago maybe, right. it was at Koolina, and then it changed to Kapolei Golf Course. Yeah, uh, 
And then um, they said, okay, uh, the rough is too rough at Kapolei, and now they're at Hawakalai. Uh, and you know what? It is windy. Weather forecast today, especially in the afternoon, if you're uh, in the uh, LPGA, and you're, you're hoping you get a, you, you, you're teeing off this morning because later on this afternoon, trades are like 15 to 20. So on that Eva plane, it's probably going to be just nasty. Uh, so far, um, at the uh, top of the leaderboard out in Eva, Nathakrita Vangtalipop. Those Thai golfers, they do it to me every time. Uh, is uh, Has six under along with Frida Kinholt from, it looks like, I don't know that flag. It's like Denmark or Sweden or something like that. Uh, they are six under. I haven't heard a lot of these uh, golfers. Uh, Hyoju Kim is tied for third. She won last year. Nasahata Oka, she's a named golfer. She's uh, tied for third at four under. And somebody named Bailey Tardy from the United States is at four under. I'm going to search for some names, um, some recognizable names out there. Let's see. Uh, the Hawaii da, da, players. Oh, sure. Oh, there, oh there's more than one? There's, there's more two. than uh, Allison Corpus? Yeah, she is one under. Yeah. Uh, and plus four is Mario Galdiano. Oh, okay. Oh, let's hope she makes the cut. Uh, let's see. Allison Corpus. Uh, Brooke Henderson, uh, former two-time winner, is one under. Uh, out at the tournament, and Georgia Hall, who does well out here usually, she's one under. Remember, these guys start on, uh, they started They started yesterday? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, so they're going to be uh, done, uh, you know, it's not like Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's a Wednesday through Saturday deal. Right, right. In the uh, LPGA. Lizette Salas uh, out of California, I believe she's from California. She is even. I'm just scrolling down the uh, leaderboard here. Uh, Kurt Madsen is plus one. Uh, Jung On Lee five. Wow, there's a Lee six. I didn't know there was a Lee five. Uh, is at plus one. There's so many people from South Korea named Lee <laughs> that they start putting numbers at the uh, end of their names. There's a Min Lee, which I doubt is Minji Lee. And I'm just looking for, I know that um, um, a, a few of the name players aren't out here for this. It's a $2 million purse, by the way. Aditi Ashuk, who not long ago was an amateur uh, from India, she is plus two. Celine Boutier from uh, France. It's, it's funny because she's like, she looks like she's Filipino, and I think she is, but she is plus two. She's, I remember watching her last year. Uh, so some of the, uh, some of the big time Christy Kerr is plus three, some of the, um, some of the name players, I, I guess if you could call them not doing so well out in the wind at the Lote, uh, Yalimi no is plus four. You mentioned Mario Galdiano. Yes. What, what she's from here. What school did she go to? I don't do you know. I do not know. I will find out, but I'm not sure right now. Paula Kramer's playing in this. Wow, she is a plus four. She's not doing so good. And anyway, we'll keep you updated uh, as the morning goes on here with the Lotte Championship. Right now, I want to let you know it's the really big road show number 10. It's coming up Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. at Growler Hawaii in Kapahulu. Uh, you can uh, go come meet Morsek. 
See what it's like to stand next to somebody that's seven foot three or, or what is he seven one? Seven, seven one two? is what they list him. I think he's a legit seven foot or seven feet one. Yeah, he is that big. All right, <laughs> seven footer. Uh, former volleyball star Bailey Choi is going to be there and uh, more. It's all live on location. You can win prizes and enjoy some awesome grinds too. Oh, remember if you're looking for a great place for lunch, Growler Hawaii opens at eleven a.m. for lunch. Uh, we got a uh, hundred plus tabs. Heineken and Doseki on special too. It's all Wednesday, five to seven from ESPN Honolulu. Good morning, 622 with the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, uh, if you're a a high school basket, uh, excuse me, volleyball fan, got some ILH boys volleyball going on uh, coming up uh, this afternoon starting at 550 on CBS 1500. The Owls, the Pueo of Midpack taking on HBA, Hawaii Baptist, John Tamanaha with the call here. On CBS 1500. Yeah, uh, I'm waiting to see uh, Kainoa Wade in action. We had Charlie on the other day, and I jokingly said that, you know, we always try to get the best guests we can, and when we can't, we go to plan B, and that's why Charlie was on, because the real star is Kainoa Wade, and Charlie offered to wake him up at exactly almost exactly this time, 635. But I, I was thinking if Chris was here, he would have had him woken up and put him on the air, and I really felt bad that I didn't do that because Charlie offered to put him on, but maybe one other time when he actually is wide awake. Still has high school. Yeah, okay. Yes, Elimelay McFarland joins us uh, coming up in about 10 minutes. Bellator 295, April 22nd at the Blaisdell. She's taking on Kana Watanabe, and it's a pretty good Bellator ca- uh, card. Uh, we'll talk with her coming up in just a few minutes. Yeah, it should be fun there. Uh, Kai Kamaka on that card, and... Uh, 294 on Friday and 295 on Saturday. Well, uh, 294 is not uh, 294 is for first responders and military, military yeah. only. Yeah, so they know about that already. They got the word out. Uh, but the one for the general public, 295. Yeah, and let's go back to the NBA playoffs before we have uh, Lima Lay on. I, I mean, these games have been really intense in that you've had big comebacks. Yeah. You had the Lakers down by double figures. They come back. The Bulls are down by 19 in the third quarter. They come back. Uh, Even Oklahoma City, they didn't look that great. Uh, SGA, as the cool people call him, Shai Gilgis Alexander. Oh, yeah. uh, He had had his lowest first first half of the season yesterday. I think it was a quiet seven. And you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, maybe, you know, know, he's met his match. But uh-uh. <laughs> third quarter starts, he gets like two or three in a row to start the quarter. And that was, and it wasn't all she wrote because it was a very close game. New Orleans had opportunities with Brandon Ingram down the stretch, hitting really tough shots. Yeah. But OKC, again, especially, another road team winning. Especially that one towards the end, I don't know, 10 seconds left or whatever it was. He's running down the court full speed, tops and pops from the top of the three-point land. That goes in. 
and he's complaining that he got hit. And it was like, really, you're going to do that now with 10 seconds left? They show the replay. The guy, whoever, I don't know if it was Dork or what's the guy's name? Dork. 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 He's actually a pretty good player, but yeah. Not was, I remember him. It was like his rookie year. He was on some team in the playoffs, and he was came out of nowhere as this great defender like yeah, yeah. four years ago or something. Anyway. Right. So so he's complaining. He's like, "Oh, hit me on the arm," but he didn't. He didn't. You know, there was a game to play. He wasn't doing the Luka Doncic thing, where he was like out of his mind that he got fouled. But it was. It was. I don't know. I didn't see him get touched. You saw the replay, huh? Yeah, they were down by four, so he's hoping he gets a four-point play. Right. So I think it's like instinct to just try to sell it. But he, I guess he couldn't try too hard because it wasn't that even close. Yeah, he didn't yeah. get fouled on that play at all. You're not, you're not going to call that. It was a really tough shot, though. Like you yeah. said, just crossing midcourt, taking a step, and swish. Uh, Matt, uh, you know, look at, the, look at the season he's had this year. I'll, I'm going to say it one more time, and then I'll, I'll, I'll never say it again because I say it t- too often. Think if the Lakers didn't try and get greedy to get LeBron James, and you had Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle, and you meant what? Anthony Davis, right? Could they well, traded LeBron all those James. guys for Anthony Davis? Oh, okay, it's okay for Anthony Davis. But I mean, that the, their their whole I got to win now mentality. Instead of all these great, you had um, uh, um, Lonzo Ball. I mean, he's been kind of injured, so take that out of the equation. But Julius Randle and. Brandon Ingram and the guy that went back there. Who's on the team now with them? He left and came back. Dennis Schroeder? No. Well, he left and came back. Oh, gosh. I thought it was uh, – maybe it's – anyway. So, I mean, there's a number of players. Um, the three-pointer, Kyle, Kuzma. I mean, all of these guys. I mean, this would this would be – this team would be unreal right now. And unreal for a number of years. Yet they're like, I got to get Anthony Davis. We need a championship right now. They're a little bit different organization in that, you know, they're the team that has won so many along with the Celtics over the years, of course. And they had a few years where they weren't even making the playoffs or relevant almost. And I think that's why they had that sense of urgency of winning right now instead of building a team for the future and right. long term. They had to make they had to make a statement. They were losing the city to the Clippers by some reports as far as popularity. Well, the Clippers had, you know, the big three for a while, you right. know, with Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and the Lakers were struggling. Kobe was at the end. So it seems like they're a little bit different they have a different mentality they wanted to win and make a big splash and they have nothing less than championships to strive for which is the goal for everybody but they wanted right. to do it right away it worked immediately even though the bubble gave them a little bit of an advantage taking away the disadvantage of home court but yeah they did give up an awful lot over those years and right now you'd like to have those players back yeah i, I think so i mean I, I guess hindsight is 2020 as they say uh but anyway uh, the think of the um if I wonder if uh, Zion Williamson, if he's ever ever going to get healthy. Yeah. Because I mean, these guys should. I mean, if you're the Pelicans, I would just plan our future. Hey, plan like he's not coming back, and if he comes back, it's a bonus. It's sad to say that or think that way, but I kind of agree. I mean, and I was mentioning that the other day as well. Basically, every year he's at he he, missed, he played in uh, 29 games this year. He missed 53, if I have it right. Yeah. And every year it's been like that. And it's not only the injuries, but supposedly coming into camp out of shape doesn't help his cause. And but I he, thought he came this year. I thought reports he came in in great shape this year. I th- it might have been when camp started in September, but maybe over the summer he had ballooned up to what three whatever. It's, and it's hard been like because the- when you can't, when your your feet are bad, you know what I mean. He how much can he? I mean, it's like brother, go do some running in the pool or something. I mean, there's a way to keep it down, especially with all the trainers and the 
private chefs and everything right. else. There's a way to, I, I believe there's a way to, well, don't take it from me. I'm no expert in keeping it down. But, you know, there's got to be a way that you can keep your weight down if you got a bad foot. There's got to be a way to keep it down better than it was. And again, the reports were that he, he didn't really have the proper attitude to maybe keep. He was he was mm-hmm. eating his way out of shape when he that was part of the things he could control. Uh, but you're right about the uh, what your initial statement about is he ever going to be 100% healthy for a season because we know how great he's been on the court, just that we don't see him on the court often enough. Yet they're yeah. still in the playoffs right now. Imagine if they did have him right now, but they're not going to get him back. Even if they advance a round or two, it doesn't look like he's coming back. And how can you have him come back after three months off? He's been out since like early or mid-January. Right. I, it, it's, it's like, you know what? Just give him plenty of time off. Let that thing heal if, if it will. It's just... You, you see these you see these foot problems over and mm. over and over again in the NBA. I mean, it's really what is it? What did in Yao Ming was that a foot foot problems after a Part while? Part of it, I think, was Yao Ming with the foot. Bill Walton, Greg Oden. You can go oh. to seven footers down the road down the list and find a whole bunch of them that have had foot problems. Sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, what's on what's on the docket for the NBA today then? Nothing. Huh. <laughs> it's one of those, and again, because what they do with the giving these teams a little rest. So tomorrow are the elimination games that we'll both have on ESPN Honolulu, and that will be with Miami and Chicago. Miami loses the other day, but they still get to host, and that'll be with the Bulls. I believe that's a 1 o'clock start. And the mm-hmm. second game will be Minnesota, who will get Rudy Gobert back. Yay! <laughs> they will get him back, and they will get uh, Oklahoma City tomorrow at Minneapolis, and the winner will be the eight seed in the playoffs starting on Saturday. Okay, so uh, all the uh, the pregame show and all the action is here on ESPN Honolulu starting at 12.30 here um, uh, right after, uh, well, we'll have a shortened uh, Let's Talk Sports followed by uh, the play-in tournament. And Tanner and I were talking when you were gone about the advantage of, you know, you really want to be, if you, you know, you want to get in the play-in tournament, but it's so much better to be in the seven or eight because at least you get two shots at it, right? Well, you get more shots. You have a four out of seven. No, so, if you're the seven or eight. Oh, oh, seven or eight. Oh, that's what you're saying. Because seven if you lose seeds, that first sorry. game, you get a, you get a, you have to, it's double elimination for you. Yeah, you're right, right about that. And yeah. I heard, I saw a really interesting, funny, non, not necessarily important graphic last night that in the history of the play-in tournament, the number ten team or number ten seed has never won. Wow, it's only been the third year. <laughs> it's not like this goes back years and years, but I kept seeing that graphic last night. First time ever. Oh, man. All right, it's uh, it's 631. The Tampa Bay Rays still have not lost. <laughs> it's like a telethon going on or something. something. Right, that. I, I'll tell you what. Hey, keep listening to the radio station. Uh, coming up soon, we will be giving away tickets to Bellator 295 uh, coming up in the next couple of days here. And uh, we'll be uh, giving away free tickets to that. We've got the insight on what's going on at Bellator 295, April 22nd at the Blaisdell. Uh, Hawaii star Alimalei McFarland joins us next on ESPN Honolulu. Just a little over uh, a week away from Bellator 295 at the Blaisdell, and we're going to talk about what's coming up, uh, especially with our next guest joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. Alima Lay McFarland joins the show. Alima Lay, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back for the big fight coming up on Saturday the 22nd. Aloha kakahiaka. Mahalo for having me. 
Now, tell us about your opponent, first of all. Kana Watanabe, she is ranked number two. You are ranked number three. It's going to be a great matchup. What do you know about your opponent coming up in a little over a week? Oh, man, yeah, Kana Watanabe. I've been, I've wanted this fight for so long, for a few years now. Uh, but, you know, it just never lined up. But she, you know, has a very extremely similar record to mine. There was one point where we were both undefeated, uh, with the same amount of fights, and uh, she is a judoka specialist, very, very high-level judo player, high-level grappler, um, and yeah, this is going to be a really interesting matchup with two of the best grapplers in the division. How is the training going for you right now? It is going really well. I, you know, I've finally kind of turned a corner as far as my health and recovering with my knee injuries and neck injuries. And so this camp, I was finally able to grab, do a very heavy grappling camp, which I haven't been able to do for the last, you know, three fights because my knee just wouldn't allow me to. So I'm really excited that I got back on the mats and again, very intensive grappling camp. Um, and yeah, my weight is good. Finally, you know, I turned that corner in the weight cut I was kind of grumpy these last couple of weeks. It wasn't, it wasn't coming off. And, you know, I, I celebrated my birthday recently and I couldn't do anything. Um, but literally this week it started coming off and I just so much, so much uh, stress off my shoulders. Aliva Lane McFarland joining the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Bellator 295 tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com. Uh, coming up at the Blaisdell on Saturday, April 22nd. I know the crowds are always great. And uh, one of the things, actually, I'll get to that part in a minute. You talk about weight cut. What is the most difficult part of that? And, I mean, when do you actually start that? How long of a process? Is it weeks, months? Oh, for me, it's months. Well, there's no indulgences for, uh, you know, a couple months when I start camp. And um, and then it really starts cutting the calories down, you know, in the last two weeks or so, because I still need energy to train. But, yeah, definitely no indulgences. I cut out the, you know, most of the sugar I cut out or I have to substitute, you know, fruit for my creme brulee that I normally eat. <laughs> Ooh, so, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And then this part is... Um, this is kind of like the torturous part of the cut, uh, and especially next week when I start looking at all of the menus of the food that I'm planning on eating after <laughs> I guess creme brulee would be on the menu then after the win on Saturday. Absolutely, at Tiki's Bar and Grill. They have an amazing pineapple creme brulee. I think I've had it there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Kelly McGill. That's Kelly Malay is oh, coming yeah. your way. Suck, Kelly. Yeah, I actually used to work there. I used to work for Kelly uh, back in high school. I was I was at Tiki's for a few years, and so it's my tradition. I always go to Tiki's every Bellator Hawaii. I go to Tiki's for my uh, uh, dinner after wins. Wow! I, I, again, creme brulee you can can't go wrong at all. So at this point, uh, was it now nine days away from the fight? Are you confident that that won't be a concern in the days or hours leading into the weigh-ins? Oh, no, I am exactly where I was a year ago uh, at the last Bellator Hawaii, like literally to the to the ounce. I am exactly where I was at this stage. So, um, yeah, my body just knows when it's time to go into fight mode. It knows where it needs to be. 
And I, uh, a lot of fans are curious because every time you fight here, the walkouts have been so intense, so dramatic, so informative. Uh, do you have anything special planned? I'm sure you do, but can you tell us at all what's going to be taking place in a little over a week? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, as you know, I always like to um, use my platform for the fight outside of the cage. And currently what I've been focusing on, and actually what I've been I've been doing this for years, um, is I've been working with the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Movement. Um, it's an epidemic that, you know, started in Canada, then it spread to Turtle Island, and then uh, it actually is unfortunately an epidemic in Hawaii. It's an invisible crisis that a lot of people don't know about. But Native Hawaiian women and girls face the highest rates of violence out of any demographic in Hawaii. So I will be dedicating my walkout to that cause and to other survivors, um, you know, of, of the violence. Because, you know, in light of recent events and being able to put my abuser away finally after all of these years, um, Amen. it's just. It's only right that you know this fight is what I am fighting for. Oh, it's great! What to is hear a, that. What did you say that? What did you say the? Uh, this is Chris uh, butting in here. What did you say that the name of the 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 movement is called? So on social media, you can you can use the hashtag MMIW, um, and there's variations. So it's missing and murdered Indigenous women wow. and girls, and um, they're you know again like. The Native Hawaiian, um, it, it, it's an invisible crisis. Not a lot of people know, but, um, you know, Native Hawaiian girls, we are sex trafficked uh, the, the most out of any demographic in Hawaii. And it's just mind-blowing that not a lot of people know about this issue. So that's my job, my kuleana for this fight, is to shed light on this and to really empower women and girls. Alimale McFarland joining us on ESPN Honolulu, getting ready for the flyweight fight on Saturday, April 22nd at the Blaisdell. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster and Ticketmaster.com. I know we talked to you about this about a year ago, but you plan on fill, uh, finishing out your contract and then going into retirement, I guess. How many more fights do you have left? Oh, man. Well, technically, after this fight, I believe I have two. However, I'm not sure... Uh, how much my body has. <laughs> no. I don't know how many more fights my body has left in me, but um, Bellator has been so supportive, and, you know, it's, it's always been one of my... It, it's been on the horizon that I do want to start a family pretty soon, and I spoke with Bellator, and I said, hey, you know, what happens if I were to, ha you know, start my family now? And they're like, oh, we would just put you on maternity leave. And, you know, you come back w when you're ready, if you want to come back. And I was like, okay, perfect. So that's, um, they've been super supportive of me throughout my entire career. And, you know, if that's in the cards, if I decide after this fight, like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a break and, and try this, this mommy chapter, then, um, we'll see Bellator has my back. Well, obviously, they love the fact that when you fight here, the crowds are here. The crowds are so supportive. And even more of a hint, to say the least, for the fans, make sure you get your tickets. This could be the last fight for a while for EMLA coming up on Saturday, the 22nd. A lot of other Hawaii fighters on the card, including Kai Kamaka. It should be a great night at the Blaisdell. EMLA, thank you again for spending a few minutes with us. Continued success. Can't wait to see you out at the Blaisdell next week. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Uncle Gary and Chris. Mahalo. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Ilima Lay McFarland joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, getting ready for the flyweight fight against Kana Watanabe. She is ranked number two, Ilima Lay number three. Watanabe 11-1-1, Ilima Lay 12-2 and two in Bellator. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, go punch your face, eh? <laughs> Get in. You're talking about the ju- judo. Eh? Don't worry about the judo. Punch her in the face. <laughs> Lick her. <laughs> Come on. You know, I was. she was talking about, you know, starting a family, and I didn't want to, you know, you know, I didn't want to blow her bubble or anything, but I was like, you know, the parenthood thing. <laughs> besides the tax deduction for 18 years, besides that, it's way overblown. Overrated, Don't rush huh? into anything. Don't rush into anything you'll regret. Be careful what you wish for, huh? <laughs> oh, boy. Good morning. Good to be back. It's Chris Hart, Gary Dickman, the Sports Animals, in the morning here on ESPN Honolulu, and we've got good news. This Sunday... You can shop tax-free at City Mill. That's right. You pay no tax on everything in the store at all eight City Mill neighborhood locations. Uh, it's not valid for online purchases. Got to go to got to go to the store. Spread the word. No tax day Sunday at City Mill. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. We got some. Uh, we're going to finish off the season. Rainbow Warrior volleyball uh, going on uh, tomorrow at the Stan Sheriff Center, and uh, Hawaii taking on UC San Diego. Now UC San Diego hasn't been the most. It hasn't had the most successful Big West Conference success. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, there were they, there were two and six in the Big West this year, uh, but. Hawaii's got the Big West tournament coming up, so we're guaranteed a number one or number two seed, so we get a bye. But uh, this is not a good time to kind of overlook, maybe you know, overlook UC San Diego because we've also lost to them before. Exactly. We lost to them in the Big West tournament a couple of years ago, ended up winning the national championship, but even last year we lost to them. So that definitely, I'm sure it's on the minds, or at least they've been reminded, the players have, I'm sure. And I think this team is just so experienced, such a veteran team, that they're aware of not overlooking anybody. I, I mean, when you look at this team, with a 24-2 or 25-2, I'm, I'm forgetting. Uh, oh, Hawaii? Yeah, about volleyball. We're 24 and 2, 7 and 1 in the BWC. Oh, I like that. I like that. I mean, even the losses. I mean, one was, I think, a sweep to Long Beach State, the other one to UCLA. But this team is so complete, so consistent. They don't don't really seem to be a team that makes mental errors. Uh, So I think something as far as overlooking an opponent, I don't think that's possible. Hopefully it won't be. But again, you still got to play hard. Uh, there's always emotions on senior night, which will be Saturday, and there's going to be a lot of guys saying aloha in the last home match. But these are important matches. You want you want to – I mean, they're going to get into the NCAA tournament. I saw an article. I forget who wrote it, if it was maybe Jason Kaneshiro, already saying about they're already guaranteed a spot in the NCAA tournament. Technically, no. But I guess even if they lose a few, which I don't think would have – has a chance of happening, they're going to get in. But you want to have a better seed. You want to be playing your best volleyball. This team doesn't seem to have let up in its system at all. 
But does does the number two? Does it matter if you're number ranked number two or number one? Well, even in the national tournament. Oh no no! I'm sorry. I, I was going back to the Big West. Oh, the Big West. Well, it, it only matters. Not really. I mean, it, yeah. it, I mean, you're not playing on a home court if you're the number one versus number two. It's going to be all at Irvine next week, so that part doesn't take right. matter at all. You just want to, if anything, maybe have an easier path. It also sounds better that you're regular season champion. But right oh, now yeah, they're co with cool. Long Beach State, and Long Beach State plays Irvine in a home and home Friday and Saturday. Yeah, you want to win your you want to win your conference. I didn't even think about that. That's the, that's our mentality nowadays. We're yeah. taking that for granted. You yeah. got to stop doing that. But uh, now the seniors who we're going to celebrate on Senior Night. Now Cole Hoagland is a junior, but he's this is going to be his last year. Yeah, he he's going to be graduating, so I guess he is moving on at least volleyball wise. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, we're going to miss that guy. I like that guy. He really came on, man. Yes, especially our, last year. starting from last year. Yeah. So we're going to say aloha to uh, Cole Hoagland. We're going to say aloha to Jakob Tella. And who else? A couple of other well, guys. Well, Demetrius huh? Muklius is a junior, but he announced Monday, Monday it was, that he's turning pro at the end of the year. Yeah. He's, he's, entering, the, he's entering the transfer portal and going to the professional ranks. Right, right. He's sure. like, ah, I'm going to start making some real money. The uh, You know, I'm looking at this, and, and um, we have a lot of, we have like eight juniors. Now, a couple of these are, you know, the guys who are leaving anyway. But, like, take away those two juniors who are leaving. you got six juniors after next year, including Voss and some other guys that uh, we got. I don't want to see rebuilding, but it's good that Charlie plays a lot of depth because you're going to need these the, the experience from these guys and coming th- up. For this year's class, it seems like the most I can remember in recent memory, recent years that are leaving the program, whether it's gradu- well, graduating, of course, or being able to turn pro, uh, but you still have a good nucleus coming back. Yeah, you gotta, it's not where you, you lose these great, great players like uh, Demetrius and Jakob Tella, and you don't have anybody else. You still have Galloway, and I mean, there's so many great players there. So, and the recruiting we know has been top notch. You got the three Moana Lua kids coming in next year, so they should be fine. But this is a pretty, pretty important class that'll be uh, uh, saying aloha on Saturday night with those three in, big players, Cole Hoagland. In two years, and then also in two years, you'll have uh, Kainoa Wade. Right? Yeah, right. Um, he will be he, walking through that door because <laughs> Dad had told him. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking at guys who are in, in a couple of years who are, are going to come back. Uh, Leo Choi uh, is going to, is going to be coming back. We'll have um, anyway. I'm looking two years down the line. I'll stop it. But um, you know what? I, you know what we need to find is a few more Keone themes. Thims. Yeah. Th- th- yeah. <laughs> I mean, man, that guy's got an arm. I wonder how far he can throw a football. <laughs> wow. I know it's a different motion, but my goodness, that guy could want to launch a rocket. All right, uh, coming up, uh, three things you need to know going into work today. We'll check your traffic momentarily. And uh, also, um, there's some controversy over beer sales in Major League Baseball. All that and more coming up. It's going to be partly cloudy and breezy today. So uh, bring a windbreaker if you're going out to the Lotte Championships. High today about 85, low 71. By the afternoon time, trades will be 15 to 20 miles per hour. We'll be back. On ESPN Honolulu.
Good morning. A couple of minutes after 7 o'clock on this Aloha Thursday. This hour, we're going to talk some Major League Baseball with Eno Saris uh, from The Athletic. He is going to be joining us. We have got uh, three things you need to know uh, heading on into work. The UH teams uh, take to it tomorrow. Softball, baseball, men's volleyball. All at home, by the way. We had Bob Coolen on yesterday, so they will be at home as well. well. The be- sorry, the softball is at Bakersfield. Are you sure? I thought it was. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Hmm, okay. Uh, we got UC San Diego playing volleyball. Hold on, let me double check. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we had him on yesterday. Ah, 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 ah. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I thought they were playing Riverside at home. We'll double check on that. But for volleyball, for volleyball. <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> they are playing at home, Tatter yeah. confirms. Yes. I think okay. it's Riverside, correct? We'll double check on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go How ahead, about, Gary. We should rename the segment Three Things We Need to Know. Because <laughs> 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 that seems to be the case. Anyway, for volleyball at the end of the regular season, they are important matches. We know how the crowds were last week. I'm sure there'll be at least the same seven, 8,000 plus, which is great what they've been drawing. But it's the last chance to see many of these players and to see yeah. this team on their quest for the three-peat uh, for Friday and Saturday. Baseball playing the same school, UC San Diego. Now, they've got a lot of games left. And even Bob Coolen yesterday talking about softball, they've got 15 conference games left. But volleyball winding it down before conference tournament time next week. But really important games for both. We talked about volleyball. For baseball, the last two weeks, they have lost two out of three. Fullerton on the road, you can totally understand that. Both in walk-offs, they were right there with them. Last yeah. week against Bakersfield at home, losing 3-2 to two twice, winning 3-2 uh, to two once, that was a little bit different. They were a bottom feeder in conference at the time. Yeah, that's tough. That's that's why you play the games, I guess. And my apologies to anybody uh, on the softball staff who uh, just woke up and heard, yeah, they're at Bakersfield. What? <laughs> they left without me. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, got the Lote Championship uh, underway out at um, out at Hawakale at uh, Eva Beach, but uh, some of the world's best LPGA golfers are going at it. It's day number Wednesday, day number two. Uh, today and we'll give you a leaderboard update in a little while yeah, it's pretty cool having that tournament here the national exposure i know jerry foltz from the golf channel uh he is here for the tournament i think he comes oh. every year uh but it gets a lot of national attention so it's a big tournament We're glad to have it back especially following the master you have this to look forward to this week so is jerry foltz did he i thought he went to live well he 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 actually is and we were trying to get him on the show to give maybe a master's recap monday or tuesday but he was en route here to stop off oh, here for sweet. a while, then he's going to a live tournament right after that. Oh, wow. That's cool that he's able to do both. Yeah, I, he didn't say he's on the air for it, but he's here for the tournament. He's here uh, He's here to watch the tournament first. and I, Or he's here attending. I didn't ask him if he's actually working it, but he has in the past. He has. Well, I doubt, he's fl- I doubt he's flying here just to watch the tournament. Mm. He's probably, maybe he's covering it for somebody. Yeah, or doing that's what it sounded anyway. like. Yeah. All right. Uh, very good. Uh, NBA playoffs. The uh, I was going to say the Falcons. The Hawks. And the Lakers are in tomorrow. We'll get two more teams uh, into the playoffs. Who's it going to be? What do you think? And those those uh, play actual playoffs start Saturday, four games Saturday and Sunday. Now Atlanta, with their win, they are the number seven seed. So they get Boston. And the eight seed will either be Miami, who has not looked good lately, and they will host um, Chicago tomorrow. 
uh, in Miami. In the West, the Lakers are the seventh seed, so they get Memphis, and that should be a great matchup. John Morant, Dylan Brooks, maybe the most hated player in the league. Rudy Gobert's the most hated teammate, uh, but Dylan <laughs> Brooks is kind of a punk, to say the least. So Memphis and the Lakers will get underway. Memphis has the home court, and then the eighth seed will be between Oklahoma City, who travels to Minnesota tomorrow to get the eighth spot and get Denver. Okay, so Minnesota ended up losing, correct? Yeah, so they were the eight seed. Because they're seven and eight, they get that double elimination scenario, so to speak. Yeah, so, okay, so here's Rudy Gobert. Now, this is the guy people people say started COVID in the NBA, which closed down sports. He didn't start it, but he's the guy that made thought it was funny, and I'm going to touch all the microphones, and then we find out that, you know, these guys get sick because of Rudy Gobert. So Rudy Gobert is already the villain. Now, Rudy Gobert punches his teammate because he can't handle, and then he's, you know, a, he's a, an all-star player. So he's out for the game. He's suspended, and they lose. If they lose here, I don't know the fans are going to forgive Rudy Gobert. Probably not. I mean, he just doesn't, like I said, he doesn't play well with others, it seems like. Not a great teammate. And, you know, I know he's been defensive player of the year, and he puts up good numbers. To me, he's soft offensively, but he's still, again, his numbers speak for themselves, but when you go through these oh, Don't acts, tell him he's soft. He's a, He's got a good right hook. Not really. That bar- I mean, it barely touched Jaden McDaniel's shoulder or chest. I know. He punched him in the chest. He, like- he leaned in at all seven feet of him and barely grazed him. Yeah, uh, McDaniel anyway. didn't exactly uh, suffer a knockdown. <laughs> Wasn't a standing <laughs> eight count in that at all. All right. Uh, so you can catch some games uh, this weekend here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Saturday, we'll have the Knicks against the uh, Cavs. Sunday, Lakers and Memphis here on ESPN Honolulu. The, um, the, they've extended beer sales in Major League Baseball. You see, remember we told you, of course, the games were a lot shorter, like two and a half hours now. So the people who are going to suffer from this are the, uh, the, the folks of the concessions, right? Games are shorter less sales, beer sales as well. So they used to cut off, I guess, uh, you have your last beer in the seventh inning stretch. That's your cutoff time. Most so places. now uh, they're going to they're – go, they're extending the last call until the ninth inning. Because, why? Money. Yeah. That's all. It's, it's all about money. Uh, so now you have uh, – the games are about half an hour shorter, so now you'll have, I guess – they're thinking around the same time to drink. So in Arizona, Milwaukee, Texas, and Minnesota, uh, that they're keeping their uh, they're opening up their stands longer. Not everybody's doing it; just those teams. So the rest of the league is considering it. And one player in the uh, in Major League Baseball thinks it's a really dumb idea, and I tend to agree. You see, the. Um, there's a, I think he's a pitcher. Matt, yeah, yes. Matt Strom's a pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. On a podcast, he was saying, I'm going to quote, The reason we stopped selling alcohol in the seventh before was to give our fans time to sober up and drive home safe, correct? So now, with a faster paced game, and me just, me just being a man of common sense, if the game is going to finish quicker, would we not move the beer sales? Back to the sixth inning to give our fans time to sober up and drive home? Makes sense, doesn't it? It makes some sense. Now, my impression, I never heard a direct statement on why they cut off beer sales. 
before the games were over or whatever they started doing that was just so fans didn't get more inebriated or drunk, however you want to label it, and maybe a little bit more rowdy. They mean the same thing. Yeah, okay. So maybe a little less rowdy. I mean, the safety factor is fine. Uh, but I thought that was the reason because the more people drink, it's almost like when you have, you know, football fans, to me, uh, are a little rowdier because of the tailgating because people have more time to drink before a game. Yeah, I, I, I think but what he's saying makes sense. I'm guessing. Yeah. If you, if you if you finish drinking and don't have – if you're drinking a few beers and don't have one for 20 minutes, is that enough time to sober up? That's what I, I was going to say. So. Right, I don't think right. it is. I mean, if you're going to walk a crooked line on the side of the highway, you're going to do it whether you drink till the end of the game or it depends on how much beer you've had, really, right? Yeah. I would think. Right. I mean, you know me. I'm not a drinker. So and, I don't know these things. And I, I've taken classes at the Liquor Commission here as far as how long it can stay oh. in your system, but I forget. I forget exactly how long, uh-huh. how many drinks would stay in. But the point is, if he's saying that's, you know, the Strom is saying that's the reason why for safety that they can sober up, like you said, cut it, if, if you extended an extra inning or two, an extra half hour or so, I don't... I don't think that makes much of a difference. I mean, it'll make more sales of money talks, but if yeah. you didn't drink that time, I don't like you said, I don't think anybody's sobering up on the ride home by not having a drink for those 20, 30 minutes either. Yeah, I'm sorry. If you right now the way they're doing it is if you cut it off in the middle of the 7th, 22 minutes later you're on the road. So he's saying 22 minutes is not enough. Is so I I, I miss Okay, would 45 that. minutes be enough where somebody's not going to be under the influence? See, I don't I don't know. You want to start drinking and find out and then stop? Well, I mean, okay, so it depends happens. on how many drinks we'll, you have. We'll do a little on-air experiment. Okay. I'm drinking iced tea. We'll slur our way through the show. <laughs> Again. But, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, 11 minutes. It's 7-Eleven. 11 minutes after 7 o'clock. Doesn't that sound like a good name for a convenience store? I think huh? we should go with that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Where do we go from here? The, well, the Tua Tagovailoa has more uh, impact now. Uh, his his name comes up again in concussion news. The NFL and the NFLPA have approved a helmet design to reduce quarterback concussions. It's a position specific helmet. They have one for for linemen already. Yeah, and now they've made one for quarterbacks, and it's for when your when your head hits the ground. It's supposed to be a better. Uh, you know, the, the, the technology is better in this helmet than any other, 7% better, I don't know what that means, than other um, helmets out there when your head hits the ground. Doesn't helmets sound like a ground big number. Impacts. No, it doesn't, but hey, you know what? You know, Step in the right direction. 7% better than the last, and uh, I, I bet they call it the Tua helmet because that's how he got his concussions, right? Yes, I, but I wonder if this was something they started only after he went through with what he went through, because that's like less than a year ago, obviously, six months ago, seven, eight months ago. be pretty quick. Either way, yeah, I mean, the, any yeah. time you get hear news like this, you should be encouraged. You should feel at least it's a positive statement, a positive direction to go into, and hopefully at least it'll minimize or, you know, keep the numbers down as far as the players getting concussion, because we've seen too many of them, and Tua kind of was the poster child for that last year. Yeah, they, they started, by the way, him. they started working on it in early 2022 before uh, all this happens. It's called the Zero Two Matrix QB Helmet. Sounds cool. Well, give me the Zero Two Matrix, please. I can't Get wait for the Zero Three that. to come out. Mm-hmm. 
But but again, it's a step in the right direction. And, and again, if they can make it a little safer. I, I thought, though, in the last, I mean, you and I talked about this less than 10 years ago about some new helmets that were coming in. I forget the name of the company, I think based out of Seattle, that was uh, had new helmets that were going to make the impact less severe and maybe help as well. But I know, obviously, the, the bullseye is on concussion and on the NFL uh, for what they have done or not done the lawsuit. So I'm glad they're doing something. You know, uh, again, how much of a difference it'll make, we don't know. But if it, make, if it makes a difference to save one player from getting a concussion, that's good. And it's it's interesting that it's specifically for one position. Like, what would happen if a running back – I mean, would it not help a running back, but it would help a quarterback? And I guess it's designed for the kind of impact and hits and falls that the quarterbacks get more than maybe a running back or a wide receiver. But it's good, good to hear that. That's definitely good to hear something like that. Uh, also in the NFL, we're seeing that Odell Beckham Jr., is uh, getting introduced to the Baltimore media. Uh, Jets fans like myself probably not too happy because he was supposed to visit on Monday and he canceled his appointment. He's been injured a lot though lately, hasn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, he missed a year, missed a year, missed half the Super Bowl or more than half the Super Bowl, and those things happen. I just you wonder. But he was how, injured. That wasn't just that. It was before that he was injured too. Yeah, I think with Cleveland he was injured the last year. He was there. You wonder how good of a good of a player he can be. And I mean, they don't have a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, not quarterbacks, receivers. Agu- Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, De- Devin uh, Duvaney. What is his name? Duvernay, I don't even know that guy. Not even fantasy. So, and I think part of it was supposed <laughs> to get maybe Lamar Jackson more on board uh, to maybe re-sign or be, you know, agreeing to come and show up on the franchise and all that. But I don't know if he's that much of a difference maker anymore. And, you know, anybody who sits out over a year, you have to wonder that, especially at that age. But in his prime, yeah, he was a, good enough to make a difference. Yeah, he's. Not, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's not a young guy. But um, you were mentioning that um, you were mentioning that um, um, Lamar Jackson had a lot to do with getting him over there. Well, I, I think Tanner was saying that earlier that maybe he was uh, instrumental in that. And but then does that if if that's true, and I'm not doubting it, that means Lamar Jackson better be all in because if you tell Odell Beckham to sign and you're all in, and then you bolt or you leave or you're disgruntled, you, whatever it is, that that doesn't really mess. I mean, you can't be like that. So I wonder if that's more of an indicator that Lamar is staying put in Baltimore, which kind of what I expect to happen, especially after all this time. But it doesn't seem like he's going to be happy unless he gets uh, Deshaun Watson money. Yeah. And- they're, 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 the, this, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm surprised at? Is that the Baltimore Ravens went out and made an, um, an off-season free agent move to help their offense yeah how often can you say they're like hey we picked this guy this this great player in the on the offensive side of the ball didn't they get mark ingram a few years ago as a running back and that might have been it yeah but what's he done i know i know i think you're right they haven't really done much to address that the trail you know they they um on their roster they have a guy that i'd like and maybe because we saw him uh, at umass is andy isabella i mean that guy that guy is fast. That guy is lightning fast. They've got a ton of receivers, just no one you've ever really heard of. I mean, I've heard of Devin uh, Duvernay. You have? Um, uh, Andy Isabella, but he's been a journeyman for the last since he's been in the NFL. Right, for the Arizona before that. Right. Mike Thomas, Tylen Wallace, James Proch. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, Shamar Bridges is a uh, rookie, and Odell Beckham, Rashad uh, Bateman, 
And like you said, Nelson Aguilar, which uh, has not been spectacular. Yeah, I remember they had those running backs out. Was it last year or the year before? You got all these running backs coming in that you either never heard of or you thought were long gone in the NFL. So they've they've had their share of injuries or players right. leaving, especially on offense in recent years. Well, and the good thing, you know what? Maybe this, by having Odell Beckham Jr., and if he is healthy, uh, you also have, um, you know, Mark Andrews. Yeah. The tight end. So maybe it loosens things up down low for Mark Andrews. I mean, he's put up really good numbers. I would say, arguably, he's maybe the second best tight end in the NFL right now, at least when you look at the numbers, especially fantasy-wise. Well, yeah, but and, and fantasy, I mean, really pertains to on the field because yeah. you're talking about catches and yardage. So, I mean, even with no receivers last year, he still got open. I yeah. mean, this guy's like Gronk. He is. He is. He definitely is. He, I, I think he's better than um, Kittle putting up numbers. And I know Kittle didn't play the full season last year. Yeah. But Odell Beckham, going back to him, that's, that's a lot of money. Uh, $15 million guaranteed, up to $18 million if he gets the incentive. And what is a few weeks ago, there were reports Odell Beckham wanted $20 million. He said, I never said that. I didn't ask for 20 He said, I'm not, but I'm worth more than four as well. Boy, he got close to 20 though. I think that was a little surprising that he's getting so much money from the Ravens. But it's only a one-year deal, so it's not a high-risk deal, at least, you know, for them. Oh, I'm sorry. We're a little behind. We've got to get a traffic update here. Uh, we'll be back with more coming up on ESPN Honolulu on National Scrabble Day. <laughs> Weather's going to be uh, partly cloudy, breezy today, high about 85. And uh, coming up, we also have uh, Eno Saros from The Athletic in 15 minutes. All on the way with the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, uh, check it out. City Mills Power Tools sale event continues. And if you want to find out more about DeWalt professional-grade power tools, the DeWalt Advantage, and how you can save with special pricing, you can meet the DeWalt rep at the Hawaii Kai City Mill tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Alrighty then, we got breaking news with the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, it, it seems that the Washington Commanders have been sold. Josh Harris is the, well, they're, uh, they've agreed in principle, which means they've agreed to sign the deal. Josh Harris is the uh, uh, one of the owners, I believe he's the majority owner, of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, he got together with another billionaire. And probably uh, maybe another one or two people, including Magic Johnson. Now the owners of the Washington Commanders, $6 billion. What was the last NFL team sold for? Two? Closer to two than six, that's for sure. So our long national nightmare could be over. 
if Daniel Snyder is on the outs. Uh, Harris also is a majority owner of the New Jersey Devils hockey team. So I guess he. What's that? <laughs> and they're actually good this year. Uh, oh. And hockey is always good. Uh, but I mean, I think that'd be a lot of uh, signs of relief to a lot of people when that is made official. Somebody's reporting that it might be a little under $6 billion. What's a couple of hundred thousand or million, you know, when you get around there? But yeah, that right. price is just crazy, crazy. But I think a lot of people are going to be happy. A lot of people. There's nobody going to be saying, oh, boy, we're going to miss Daniel Snyder. Nobody's saying that. Nobody. Right. Well, especially in the, um, especially in the, uh, it, it, you know, if you're a Washington fan. Because that, was that was a team that you had to go on, you, you had to be on a waiting list, like the Packers, to get tickets. Now it's like you can walk up on game day and get a good seat. By the way, the last uh, team sold in the NFL was the Denver Broncos $4.65 million. Pretty good price there. $6 billion. Man. And I, I mean, I know this NBA is different, but when Donald Sterling sold the Clippers when he was fourth, I think it was $2 billion. Um, NBA franchises seem to go to two to three. I mean, it's still crazy, crazy prices. I think football value would, I guess, be more, obviously, when we see those prices. Uh, I think a lot of uh, uh, females would be very happy that Daniel Snyder is out. I've seen people like Rachel Nichols or others in the media just waiting. We call, them, we call them women. Women journalists are, are really happy about that. Again, I don't think anybody's going to be missing Daniel Snyder. Don't I mean, make sure you close the door on your way out. Hopefully, never to be seen or heard from again. Yeah. The uh, by the way, the uh, here's the top NFL franchises. If you're looking by value, number one, easy, right? It's the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Their uh, their uh, valuation is seven point six four billion. Now the Commanders just sold for six. So if Jerry ever wants to sell, or Steve Jones later on in life, it's it, you'll get way more. Yeah, yeah. Actually, to, if it happened today, I believe you'd get more than seven point six four billion dollars uh, for uh, you know the Cowboys. The Rams are next at five point nine one billion. Patriots at five point eight eight. New York Giants five point three seven. 49ers, $5 billion. Bears, $5 billion. The Jets, $4.8 billion just because they happen to be in New York. We're a playoff team in uh, evaluation, and even though they play in Jersey, but I figured they'd be up there because of the market. That's the only reason, yeah. or the main reason. Now, this, this listing has the Washington Commanders next at $4.78 billion. But, hey, when you start bidding... That's yeah. what happens. Yeah, and they, they're only going to increase, obviously, when they are up for sale. There's not many of these around. You know, it's not like you can go out and get one of these anytime you want. Who's last on that list? Do you have that? No. Anyway, it's it's probably something like Jacksonville. That's what I was going to say, like probably Jacksonville as well. Yeah. Well, they were a playoff but, team last year. So with new ownership, the question is, how fast can they turn things around? I think they've started to kind of turn things around a little bit with um, Ron Rivera there. They were 8-8-1 eight, eight and one last year. They were in last place, but that's not a bad record. They were in playoff contention really until the last week, I think, for a while. Well, they spot. played in a heck of a division, too. As it turns out, as it turns out, yeah. You did have a pretty good division there. Uh, but, I mean, that's, as far as turning it around, I think what you want to do is turn around the culture. I mean, the team is one thing. That's what I'm saying. But the, cu I'm saying. the culture, you got you got to have a, I mean, a new image. I mean, they, they just A destination have, for free agents. Something like that. So, I mean, you first you wonder if Rod Rivera is part of the future. I mean, it's, 
obviously too soon to think about why that. Would he be, why would he not be? Well, if you have a new owner, maybe he wants his guy, or you bring in a GM. You're probably going to—I don't want to say clean house necessarily, but you're going to you're going to bring in people you're comfortable with. And anytime there's a change in upper management or ownership, you see changes sometimes. I, I mean, to be fair, and I'm, I'm not putting any putting him down, but what has Ron Rivera done to warrant a long-term extension? Now, they were in the playoffs once. They lost to Tampa mm-hmm. with Brady. Uh, Taylor mm-hmm. Heineke made a name for himself in that game. But, I mean, it's not like they're a perennial playoff team. So you no. think you wonder if there's going to be maybe some big changes there in the f- near but future. But they're a lot better now than they were before Ron Rivera took over. That, you've got to agree to that. I don't know if they're Ron a lot Rivera better. Did, yeah, Ron Rivera didn't come and make them like, eh, they're okay. Sure, that's all they are. In the team, the year they went to the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't beat one team with a winning record, which is crazy, and they still made the playoffs. I remember that said about them a couple yeah, of years I'd ago. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what they're um, – I'd be really curious to see where they were before um, Ron Rivera because didn't they just miss the playoffs last yeah, year? Yeah, I just said they, no? just, they, they were in oh, until okay. the last week of the year, 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. They finished technically in last place, but the Giants beat them out, I think, for that last wild card. Yeah. When did Ron Rivera get there? Oh, boy. I'd be guessing. I'd say he's been there at least three years, maybe 2019 four. 2019 or something? Yeah. I mean, they were before. They, okay, in, 2000, in 2019, they won three games. So 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one is uh, pretty significant, uh, uh, you know, just a few years later, right? Wouldn't you say? Yes, but I, I, it's not like he's he, – they've, they've improved. Yes, of course. But what yeah. about the other years in between, do you know? Well, in 2020, they won seven games, and I'm guessing that's probably when uh, maybe he arrived. Um, in 2021, they won six games, seven games. Yeah, so actually the last few years, I guess, they've been seven wins, eight wins, six yeah. wins. They've kind of been the same. So, yeah, you might have a point. And it's more so again when someone you know when you get a new athletic director, they want to bring in your own coaches. When you get a new GM, you want to bring in your own coaches. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make a change at the top of as far as the GM is concerned, but yeah. I, I get the main thing is that they're cultural change. They they won't have that stigma, that negativity attached to their yeah. name every time you think of them. Now that Daniel Snyder's mm-hmm. picture or name or anything will not be associated with them. Yeah, and I think that um, it's it, yeah, it'll be change the culture, and you you're, you're changing. You change your culture in business. You change the culture on a, a sports team, whatever. It always leads to bigger and better. So uh, congratulations, uh, Washington Commanders fans. Dick, if you're out there, I, I'm sure you know the news already. But, yeah, the uh, Josh Harris, now in his group, owners of the Washington Commanders at just about $6 billion. It's 733. Keep listening to this radio station very soon. Over the next uh, day or two, we'll be giving away Bellator 295 tickets to see Elimale McFarland uh, take on Kana Watanabe April 22nd at the Blaisdell. Keep listening to Win from ESPN Honolulu. We have been talking so many different sports going on. Of course, Major League Baseball now a couple of weeks into their new season. Gary Dickman and Chris Hart on ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> extended get, beer sales. Yes, extend, ex, extended beer sales to say the least. Uh, uh, the games are shorter, but the beer sales will go on a little longer. Joining us now to talk <laughs> Major League Baseball for the athletic covering MLB. Eno Saris back with us. Eno, great to have you on. And we'll start with that. Your thoughts when you heard the, I guess, the reports about stadiums with the games being short but maybe some, beer sales need to be some. extended. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a big beer fan, but uh, there is a, a safety concern. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Phillies pitcher Matt Strom came out and talked today about how he thought it was a little bit hypocritical uh, to continue serving people until minutes before the end of the game. But, uh, you know, uh, as long as you got that designated driver, uh, I like the, the fact that you can enjoy beer a little bit longer. And, of course, it's in re- reaction, so to speak, with the games being quicker, with the, the pitch count and all those other rules. Where are you on that? I know some people, maybe baseball purists, aren't happy with some of these changes. What about you? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's been a good thing. There's been more singles, more, more balls in play. Uh, we, we're seeing the, the best batting average on balls in play that we've seen in about 15 years. And um, we're seeing uh, more stolen bases. Uh, than we've seen in a really, really long time. Uh, and I like, I like the stolen base. I think that's a, a fun thing. And then when it comes to the pitch clock, uh, I've always been a fan. I took my kids uh, to minor league games that had the pitch clock, and they were more engaged. Uh, you know, I also have a 10- and 8-year-old, so I was happy to get out of there in two and a half hours. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I thought it was just more action. And uh, the one thing that, you know, I'm waiting on that we might not know for this year or, until you know future years is if there's going to be some sort of injury ramification for it because you know making the pitchers pitch like this is going to lead to more fatigue and fatigue leads leads to injuries so i'm interested to see how this uh, fits in with the injury landscape in baseball well interesting i never thought of it from that perspective but that will be something to watch definitely you know the way i look at this with people i've had fans that i've known that have been complaining they don't like the new rule i'm not a big fan of the the shift rule that now is in play i didn't like that but i think like anything else in time everybody kind of gets used to they get acclimated with any changes in sports do you think this is something with maybe some of the negative comments out there that people will get used to it and that'll be business as usual in a few years one of the things we saw in the minor leagues when they they did the pitch clock in the minor leagues was uh, that early on we had like two and a half violations per game. And so people were like, geez, is this what it's going to be like? Like nobody can get in the box in time and nobody can throw it on time. But after six weeks, they got it down to a half of one per game. So that's one every two games. And I think we're going to get there pretty close in the majors. And I just can't uh, think that like something that happens once every two games is something that's really going to uh, really upset people. If you watch, uh, you know, the NFL, they have uh, delay of games. You know, what is it when the clock runs out there? Uh, they have those about once every two games. And uh, I don't think anybody really thinks about that. Right, right. We're talking Major League Baseball. Eno Saris from The Athletic joining us on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Eno, how do you explain the Tampa Bay Rays at 12-0 and 0 right now? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they are a juggernaut right now, and they just broke a record. Uh, they've had the, they have the best run differential through this many games since 1901. <laughs> so Whoa. it is a legitimate hot start where they're scoring nearly eight runs a game and allowing only two runs a game. That is just demolishing the, the, uh, the opposition. I mean, I think they've got a great team. They've got great pitching. They've got great hitting. I think the hitting is probably a little bit over its head right now. Eight runs a game is not what you expect out of a Rays team. But Wander Franco is breaking out. He is a legitimate star now, and he always had that in him. So some parts of this are real. Some parts of these are, are them just being hot. Uh, but they're going to have Tyler Glass now coming back soon, 
And between him and Wander, they've actually got the stars to, to, to fit with their mix and match. They always have like a bunch of guys, you know. You know, one thing that's sad about it is the attendance. I know it's early in the season, but it's almost the norm in Tampa, 10,000 a game, if that. You know, if they're out of the race in September, it'll be down to three or 4,000, but the team is off to a good start. Weather can't be a problem down there, and still only 10,000 fans attending. Yeah, you know, it's it's in a tough spot. I've, I've, I've been there a lot, and, you know, it's on a peninsula. with Everyone's got to get on a bridge to get to it. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's not in the best spot for getting people to it. And then it's an older one that some people don't like. And, you know, I could, I could see a new stadium helping them, but I generally am not a fan of giving, uh, owners free stadiums. It hasn't worked out, uh, financially for, uh, taxpayers in the past. And, uh, and so I hope they find some solution where the owner finances most of that. Well, we're talking Florida. I'm wondering if this is like a place where, hey, there's just too many critters in that area. I don't know. <laughs> I did know. I did ask a lot of people about that while I was down there, and uh, one of the one of the theories was that there's so much to do, um, and there's so much to do outside. And in one thing that is true, when you look at how stadiums have been fans in the past and why it might not be a great deal, is because there's only a certain amount. Like I know this is apparent. There's only a certain amount of money in my pocket. And if you give me, if there's a stadium there, I'll go to it. But if there's no stadium there, I'll go to the movies, you know, with the kids or I'll do something else. Mm -hmm. So there's only, we only have a certain amount of free time in our lives and we only have a certain amount of money in our pockets. And if you were in Florida and you have the choice maybe of going to the beach that's free or going to the game that costs money, maybe more often than not, you go to the beach. So maybe that is actually part of it. Yeah, I think we live that here uh, out in out in the islands as well. Now, there's a uh, so I was reading something that uh, there's a group in Salt Lake City that's trying to get uh, a major league baseball team. So, do you think that they're going to expand? I know the I think the commissioner said I'd love to have 32 teams. Do you think they're going to expand? Yes, I do think they're going to expand. I think one thing that might actually be bringing it on faster is uh, there's a. a, a sports network of tv network uh, of, of regional networks uh bally sports oh. that's that's uh-huh. going under right now and that in the short term is going to cost owners money and this is right after they just spent a ton of money on free agents they just signed the cba and and, and they spent a ton of money on free agents and now they're going to look in their pocket and see less money there because of uh these networks go falling apart now the thing about expansion is it gives you a short-term boost in the long term, I think teams might do better selling their own TV product directly to their own consumers and not paying a middleman. And that's what they're going to end huh. up doing is, is basically taking over the TV rights and just doing it themselves. And I think they can do better doing that in the long term. But in the short term, they're going to have a money drop. And what happens when you have uh, expansion is you have expansion fees. And expansion fees are like a billion dollars. You, you still have to divide the billion dollars by 30 teams. But that's still, you know, you still get a share of a billion dollars. And if there's two of them, you get twice that share. So I think that there might be some short-term pressure on baseball to expand. You know, if they do the expansion, um, or even if they don't, whatever happens, going back to um, Tampa, do you think that those guys, because I know they were trying to get a stadium, right? Do you think that mm-hmm. the MLB will allow them to leave and go somewhere else? Yes, I do, because 
they've already said that about Oakland, that they are allowing Oakland to leave, and if Oakland wants to go to Vegas, they can go to Vegas. And that is supposedly the holdup on uh, expansion is that they want to figure this out first because don't expand into Vegas if Oakland's going to Vegas, basically, and allow and, and use Vegas as leverage to get Oakland a new stadium. So that that is supposedly what's going on, but um, it may go quickly. You may find out the news is, hey, the news is Oakland's going to Vegas and Tampa got a new stadium. And then, you know, the next year the news is we're expanding. So it, it, it wow. may kind of fall into place quickly. Eno Cyrus kind from of the exciting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Gary. Eno Cyrus from the Athletic joining us on <laughs> ESPN Honolulu. So Eno, Tampa having the great start of twelve and zero. Who else has caught your eye or attention early on with thirteen, fourteen games in the books? Uh, you know, uh, it's it's hard to say anything definitive right now. Um, you know, I think that in terms of scoring runs and, and, and not allowing them, the Dodgers uh, just kind of ran through the Giants a little bit. Um, and uh, you know, it's it is it's just a it's a tough to do it this early. I do think that some of the teams that we thought were going to be good, like the Yankees, the Braves, uh, the Blue Jays, and Dodgers, are they're all they're all killing it in the early going. I generally uh, think that right now baseball is just trying to figure itself out. You're seeing a lot of really inflated runs, and we, we don't know. Is that just because the shift rule is gone or the pitch clock, or uh, is it just early season jitters? Um, you know, so I, I, I'm still waiting to kind of uh, to, to say anything definitive about certain teams. It is a long season, just starting, but a lot of excitement, a lot of interesting storylines. Eno, always yeah. great talking Major League Baseball with you. Hopefully we can do it again throughout the season. Yes, thanks for having me. All right, thanks so much. Eno Saris from The Athletic, a great follow on Twitter at Eno Saris, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu talking MLB. Wow, he was really good. I mean, that guy knows his stuff. I wonder if he has a podcast or something that um, that we can listen to. Maybe he's got a podcast on The Athletic. I know The Athletic has a number of podcasts, but, boy, I'd love, love to hear more from that guy. Uh, interesting. You know what we should talk about? Uh, who's some of the big star? Okay, we know who's not hot in Major League Baseball, and that's the Seattle Mariners right now. They're supposed to be better. It's early, but, yeah, they have not had the start. Uh, 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 huh? To coincide with what they did last year, which was make the playoffs and have that exciting kind of running pick against up the where they left off. Thank you. <laughs> kind of picked up where <laughs> they left off. That's what I was looking off. for. Hey, you know who's hot? Shohei Otani. Oh, I mean, on, in baseball. Not like, hey, ooh, that guy's hot. But Shohei Otani, batting 300, ERA of .47. Fire! I mean, the guy. I mean, you wonder if he's going to be an angel much longer. There's talk that maybe they'll try oh, yeah. to trade him, or he'd be a free agent. Oh. Will he resign right. with enough money, or does he want to win because they don't make the playoffs? But on the field, OMG. Yeah, and you know what? You always say it during those contract years. All of a sudden, they get really, really yes, good. Yes. Hey, we got we got to get a traffic update. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. We'll have another traffic update and the top three things you need to know in less than 10 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Also, we've got tickets to give away, correct? 
Yes, we do. We will have tickets for both volleyball tomorrow, baseball coming up this weekend. So, yeah, we got some good UH tickets to give out. All right. Uh, so coming up in a few minutes, listen for that, too. A pair of tickets. Uh, we'll do it right after, uh, as we uh, come back next hour. Uh, we'll give away a pair of tickets to Friday's volleyball match against uh, tomorrow's volleyball match against San Diego. Okay, keep listening for that here on ESPN Honolulu. How did it, since we're talking Major League Baseball, how did the local brothers do? Well, interesting in a way. Let's go with the four players in Major League Baseball. There's kind of a consistent number there, and the number is 105. Unfortunately, that's not the number you want. It's a batting average, but two players share that. Isaiah Kainer-Falefa for the New York Yankees was one for four yesterday, did score a run, and his batting average went up to 105. The Yankees beat oh. Cleveland. Oh, that's horrible. Colton Come Wong on, on your uh-huh. Seattle Mariners batting yeah. eighth in the lineup. He goes 0 for 4, struck out a couple of times. His batting average oh. is 105. You don't want that. Now, at the other end, though, you have Josh Rojas for Arizona off to an unbelievable start. Three for four, drove in a run, scored two runs. His batting average is 412, uh, which is outstanding, obviously. Wow. And uh, I don't know why he's not listed in the top 10. Maybe not enough at bats, even though it's only been a week or two, but great numbers there. And then Kirby Yates for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, reliever, he pitches yesterday against Cincinnati in the eighth inning. He gets the win, his first win of the season. He's 1 and 0, st- uh, struck out a batter, and his ERA is still kind of high, but it went down to five. 5.79 after yesterday's scoreless eighth inning. Oh, come on, local guys. Besides Rojas, we seem to be struggling a little bit, huh? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, Tyler, Yates has been out injured for a while, so maybe it's a, you know it, it's a process. But Colton Wong going to a brand new team. I don't know that you want to be be batting 105. If I'm uh, yeah. That's un-Colton Wong-like. It is. If I'm not mistaken, he started off slow last year with his batting average. I, I probably got it up to around 260-ish, 270 in there somewhere. But mm-hmm. he started off slow. I mean, I guess the one good thing, if you want to look at it that way, is that, again, really long season, 148, 50 games left or whatever it is for everybody. So there's plenty of time to move that up. It's still early. But you rather have a big, a better start than a slow start, which is what they both have with that 105 average, Colton and Isaiah. Okay, uh, don't. Don't laugh at me. Okay, who is this guy? Luis Arraez. He, he led the, I think, the major leagues in singles last year, and he had a cycle for Miami the other day against Philadelphia. And I believe guy's, he's hitting like 500 right now. He's batting now. 500. That's yeah. why I bring him up. Yeah. And he's played in all the games. Yeah. I mean, he has a bunch of at-bats. I mean, still, look, it's not sustainable. I get it. But batting 500? No wonder Miami's so good. And he had the cycle last Oh, wait. Well, Tampa's Miami. good. He's Tampa on Miami. Good. He That's had the right. cycle against Philadelphia, the first Miami Marlin to ever have a cycle. Wow. All right. Uh, top stories and more coming up. And those tickets we're going to give away in just a few minutes on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, hey, you know what? We promised it. Call in now. Be caller number three if you'd like to win a couple of tickets to Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. For uh, This is for tomorrow night at the Stan Sheriff Center. Third caller gets the tickets now at 808-296-1420. 
Uh, we'll get uh, we'll announce our winner in a moment when they call in. Three things you need to know. And there's been a lot of breaking news uh, this morning. Odell Beckham Jr. has signed with the Baltimore Ravens. Here's what he had to say at the press conference. Didn't get any assurances for anything. You know, life's uncertain. We don't we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day. Uh, we only know what's happened in the past. So to me, it just was excited about the possibility of that. You know, my thoughts would be that he would be here. I know that these two want him to be here. You know, at the end of the day, that's that's going to be up to them. And that, of course, is referring to Lamar Jackson, uh, their quarterback. So you would think that Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to Baltimore unless Lamar Jackson is there. Uh, I forget Huntley's first name, the guy who was there last year. He's not going there to play under him. So hey, he, was a, he, was a, he was a pro bowler. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I, can't, I can't deny that. I cannot deny that. Because <laughs> nobody but, else wanted to go. So, it, I mean, it's almost like it's really interesting with these two quarterbacks and Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers. They both well, seem to be definitely going to so, – well, not – Aaron Rodgers has said he's going to be a Jet. The Jets have said it. Green Bay has said it. Lamar Jackson now, don't all indicators make it sound like he has to be there? Otherwise, I Odell Beckham Jr. – why would you go there? I don't know. Look, Green Bay is still holding out, they say, for a first-round draft choice. and The Jets don't want to give it up. What if he doesn't end up going there? Right, I mean, he right. has to. I mean, they, they have to get rid of him anyway. So, so, uh, so Lamar, you would think that it's almost guaranteed that he's coming back. Otherwise, why does Odell sign? But we'll find yeah. out soon, I'm sure. Okay, uh, let's see here. The Commanders, Washington Commanders, were they've agreed in principle to sell the team for about $6 billion to Josh Harris, who owns the Philadelphia 76ers. And the New Jersey uh, Devil the Backers or some oh, the, the Devils. New Jersey, <laughs> in the uh, NHL. NHL, by the way, is a hockey league that some <laughs> people talk about. Okay, what's interesting about this, though, 13 minutes ago, one Adam Schefter tweeted, Canadian uh, billionaire Steve with a long Greek name and his family are still in the mix for the commanders, with one source telling ESPN that it's a head-to-head race, it's anyone's game. Now, we heard whoa. the breaking news uh, about Josh Harris, but Adam Schefter, a guy in the know, again, 13 minutes ago, tweeted that. Wow, because I'm going off of New York Post. I'm going off of Sports Illustrated yeah, and, and and some pretty uh, some pretty credible uh, news sources who are saying that they've agreed already. That's really interesting. Yeah, for Schefter to say that, and he's one of the guys who reported that you know the, the commanders will be sold. But now he's bringing up that Greek name, and I'll try to pronounce that it. That Greek name, Apostopoulos. Apostopoulos. Yeah, Apostopoulos. I guess is it. Yeah. I, see, you see, I'm part Greek, so these are my people. Are you? I thought you were part Portuguese. Uh, that's a word we don't like to oh. use. We use Portuguese. I'm, I'm sorry. I was, I, was repeat, I was imitating you from you know many times having conversations. Stop dancing. Trying to dig Stop dancing. I'm it's trying to get out of this gently. I don't know why I don't like that. It, I never had a problem with, with that word before until other people started getting mad at it. Why, though? Why, why is that? Well, viewed... it's, a, it's, it's a slur. Is it really? I never knew it was viewed that hey, way. Hey, you know what? I'm joining Gen Z. Everything's a slur. Everything you say is going to offend me somehow. I'm pretending I'm 25. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the uh, Lote Championship is underway uh, out at uh, Hawakale Country Club in Eva Beach. I'm going to take another shot at this. I love these Thai names. Uh, Nathakrita Vongtavilap. 
uh, is tied with Frieda Kinholt, both at six under out there. Uh, Bailey Tardy, along with Nasa Hataoka, and last year's winner, Hyoju Kim, uh, and Yu Jing Sung, both from South Korea, uh, all at minus four. So uh, the action uh, goes through Saturday here out at Hawakale, and they've got it. They, they, I went out there last time, and unfortunately, we had a lot of work going on last year, and there's a lot. I went out for like half an hour, but I had to get out there last year. But they've got that parking and everything down like a well-oiled machine, man. Right across the street, they have this huge lot. You pull in, you park there, and you, and then you get on a shuttle. The shuttles are going very quickly back and forth. It takes you down the street. and that Well, it's not right across the street from the course, but down the street from the course. You get there in a minute, maybe, and you get out, and you're right there on the golf course. They do a good job by you guys, uh, LPGA and Hoakalei. But anyway, hey, it's a even if you're not a, a big golfer, it's a chance to go out there and see uh, golfers like Celine Boutier and uh, Brooke Henderson and Christina guys like Kim, that. Kim, is she there? I uh, there's so many Kims. Th- uh, no, she, I saw a picture of her on social media the day practicing. I think two days ago. So I guess she is he, here. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm Christina Kim is uh, minus two right now. She's tied for eleventh. I'm not that up on Christina Kim. As far as you know, some of the best in the world, um, but again, it, it might be just that I don't know. I mean, I wish that Lydia Ko's not here. She won a couple of years ago. Mm. I, I'm kind of bummed because everybody, wherever she goes, folks love Lydia Ko. She's like Matt Kuchar in the PGA. They just they love Cooch. But you got Georgia Hall. She's competing uh, in this. Uh, I kind of root for Lizette Salas uh, a little bit. She's even. And uh, anyway, I don't want to go down the whole, you know, hundred something players, but uh, anyway, hey, if you get a chance, check it out. Go see some professional golf. It's just beautiful out there, anyway. Paula Kramer, I think you said earlier, is out there too, huh? Yeah, that's. But she's 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 not a thing anymore. I was to say, in years ago, she was more. Uh, she was mentioned more in some of these tournaments, at least in the leaderboards. Well, in her younger days, she was a better golfer. I think she's a commentator now, isn't she? Or am I thinking of somebody else? I don't, I'm not somebody sure. Somebody will know at 808-296-1420. And uh, we did get a winner. Thank you. Gary from Kapalama. I'm sorry. Kapalama. Merry Monarch season, right? Yeah. Anyway, Gary from uh, Kapalama is the winner. Congratulations. Now, we're going to give away four tickets to Rainbow Baseball before 9 o'clock. So keep listening for that here. On ESPN Honolulu. Let's get into the NBA playoffs a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, exciting games, all four of these play-in tournament games. And I, I, I said earlier with baseball, we talked with Eno Cyrus about some of the new rules. We'll all get used to everything, the ones that we don't like about the pitch clock, no shift, or some of the other rules. You don't like those? Well, I don't like any of those initially because I'm probably old-school traditionalist. I don't like change a lot. Yeah. Uh, so when you look at the NBA in the play-in tournament, I was against that. I'm still kind of against it, but one game, win or go home, makes it pretty exciting. For the most yeah. part, it's win or go. It's a little confusing, but the more the better. It's it's better. I, I think it's better with the play-in game because before the big tournament, you got a mini tournament. Yeah. 
I, and the games have been really good. So you got I look at it that way. And I, I mean, the first year of it, I was really against it. Now I, I'm getting used to it. It's, it doesn't matter what I think because it's not going to go away. But I, <laughs> am, I am more entertained by it. And I guess I understand, and, obviously, the importance of, again, the one-game series. Aren't you excited to have a, a, a shorter game? Aren't you excited to have a two-and-a-half-hour game instead of a three-and-a-half-hour game? Yes, in baseball, yes, and I, I one thing about baseball, if I'm in person, I don't mind a three-hour game unless I got a you know somewhere to go. But and on TV or radio, it's just three hours is See, pushing it is pushing it. Right. So if I happen to tune into a game, and it's uh, oh, it's in the sixth inning. Before I might be, like, eh, I don't want to stick around. Now I might go, hey, you know what? I'm going to watch this for a little while because it's it's going to end pretty soon. Exactly. I like it. Yeah. And it's just more up tempo. You're just there's more things happening. Rather than okay, get out of the batter's box, uh, un velcro your gloves, velcro them on, spit a little bit, you know, tug around at your pants a little bit, step on in there, and then call time out again. Stop it! I hate that with a passion. I guess to me, in a perfect world, which it isn't, I wish it could have happened naturally, organically, with the games being shortened. But I, I don't like these rules, and I'm still, I'm not even reading half these rules as far as how. What exactly happens? How many seconds? Because I just I didn't like it initially. I'll get used to it, but I'm glad the games are shorter. The re- and yeah. net result is that they're more entertaining and fan friendly this way. Uh, oh, got it, t- John Henry. Thank you for the text. It says, uh, Chris, you're thinking of Morgan Pressel. I was saying Paula Kramer. I said, isn't she in like a, a, a an announcer? No, Morgan Pressel is. She's from the same era, and is a pretty solid commentator. Yes, uh, Morgan Pressel is what right. I should have said, but okay. So, and just again, getting back to these NBA playoffs, uh, three road teams winning. Again, part of it with the play in tournament to me is that you're having teams that might not be as deserving to be in the playoff because you're a 10th seed. And some of these teams, the three years they've done it, have been 500 or lower. I don't believe anybody this year is under 500. Uh, but there are a couple of teams are right around 500, the 10th seed uh, in both conferences. But the games have been entertaining. They still have star appeal with a Trey Young in one of these games, obviously. Uh, Shake Gilgis Alexander, SGA on Oklahoma City. You have a number of players there that is good. So, to, again, one, I'm trying to look at it, the glass being half full. There's more games. And I'm always in favor of more games in a sport I love. Now, not more games in baseball, 162 is enough. Some people want less. But in well, playoff time, I guess, I'm okay, I didn't like the one-game one wild-card game in MLB. Now I like it. So I think in time, a lot of fans will get used to any sports changes that we have to deal with. Well, yeah, and when you're expanding playoffs, that's always a good thing. It's just more yep. exciting. Yep. When you're just, you know, as you expand playoffs, I'd love to see just a few games less at least. So instead of 156 games, are you going to lose all? Are you going to lose that much money if you go to 150 games? Well, it's 162 now. Sorry, 162. <laughs> I'm talking about um, Major League Baseball. 162. Yeah. What was it? 156 in the 60s. It was or 154, I believe, when Roger Maris. You know, I mean, when oh. Babe Ruth hit his 60 homers. Yeah. <laughs> so 162 games. If Three things down- we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a hundred, say if there's 155 games, I think that that would be a noticeable difference as far as making each game a little bit more important. For example, right now the Tampa Bay Rays are 12 and 0, and this is going to make a difference down the stretch. If they, you know, because it's not sustainable being undefeated, right? But this is something that is. Um, it's going to help them.
because you see all the time, right? And I say this every year, but you see this all the time. You're down, you're, you're three games out. Okay, here's your magic number, or uh, you need to win three, and but you need to help these other guys to lose. I mean, you're getting a head start of 12 wins. Mm. That's huge. And so I don't know where I'm really going with this. Well, actually. short season, you talk about how, I mean, the game's still going to be important. Uh, maybe the games will be more important with less games. And that's fair. No matter how you break it down, it'll be more important. Right. So you're going to be watching these games right now and going, man, we got to do something in my division because Tampa's already off the 12-0 and start. And we have less games this year. It makes it, it just brings a sense of urgency to April baseball, whereas we never really had that before. It'll be more so. I think one thing also. I mean, are we, is anybody going to really notice if it? Let's say it goes from one sixty-two to one fifty-two, as an example. Right. Is anybody going to notice it in the big picture that there's ten less games? I mean, the bottom line, the figure, the dollar amounts for the owners, yeah, right. But as fans, as yeah. far as the games being played, we're not going to notice the team playing one less game every okay. two weeks. So if you got ten less games, you got five less home games. How much money are you going to lose? You're you're going to make a ton of money in these television contracts. That's yeah. going up, right? So I, I but, yeah yeah. For By baseball, the way, we, I don't mind it. They're talking about it in basketball. That I don't. I mean, it's still a long season, eighty-two games. I don't want to see that shortened though. I do. Sixty is fine. Sixty is fine. The second or, COVID year, they went down to seventy-two. I believe. See, that would be good. At least that, I mean, okay. And we don't notice it. You're not going to notice that either. All the load management and all that kind of stuff that goes on. Just if, if the season's too long, shorten the season. I rather You're have only a gonna be, Go ahead. I'd rather have a 72-game season and no load management than an 82-game season with all these players sitting out like on Slovenia night in Dallas. <laughs> amen and amen. It's, you know, it's, I was curious. About, we were talking with Eno Saris at The Athletic. And uh, super, I love that guy. That guy's super smart. Anyway, um, he was talking about, he's saying that Bally, I, I didn't hear about this, but the Bally Sports Network's going out of business or something? So they're going down. I think that's where New Mexico State football was broadcast on when we've had those games there. It's not them, Tanner? I thought it was. No, that was Flow Sports. Oh, okay. Bally yeah, Sports yeah. is a regional uh, sports network. They do a lot of baseball stuff. They also right. do a lot of high school football as well. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like uh, the L.A. Sports Net. You're in Arizona, it's, I believe, or in that area. It is. It is. It's regional. Where, but yeah, Flow Sports was that. It wasn't even television. Remember, right? Streaming, They're, right? Flow Sports is a streaming service. But the um, but with these guys, they just started. It seems, didn't they? Or did we just get them like a year ago on Spectrum? We started getting it recently when we saw some oh, of these games. So it's I think. Been I'm not sure before. how. I don't know how long it's been around. I just thought I became aware of it. We became aware of it probably in the last three, four years. Even that, I don't even know if it's been that long, because it was it was the it was the uh, the station that had all the Lakers and all the West Coast stuff because that's not on Spectrum anymore. No, but that's yes, it is. Fox Fox Sports West or the Laker oh, Network is on. No, but you the can... Laker Network one I'm talking about. Okay, now it's where unless they move the the channels because it's right after ESPN, then it goes to Bally. When you're scrolling down. Right, you're probably right. Okay. Do you have Spectrum or the other guys? A Spectrum. We have Spectrum. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, it's uh, 817. Eric Matthews is the director of marketing and fan experience for University of Hawaii Athletics. And uh, is he there? He's yes. going to join us next year? Yes. This is ESPN Honolulu. Oh, I want to let you know that uh, it is um, um, no tax day this Sunday. 
at City Mill. That's right. You don't pay any tax on everything in the stores. Not valid for online purchases, but spread the word. No taxes at City Mill on Sunday. Uh, We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, a reminder again, City Mills Power Tools sales event is going on. And if you want to find out more about DeWalt's professional-grade power tools, the DeWalt Advantage, maybe how you can save with special pricings, uh, pricings. you can meet the DeWalt rep at the Hawaii Kai City Mill tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And right now we can meet uh, a man who has a new job title, not a new name tag, but a cool title that I've never heard before. It's called the Director of Marketing and Fan Experience at the University of Hawaii. Eric Matthews in our downtown PAXA studios to talk about what's going on, what's going to take place. Eric, thanks for coming down today. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Chris. And good morning to all my friends hanging out in the poly in the H1 this morning. Hope everybody's doing well over there. (laughs) How did this title or this job position come about? Oh, that's a long story and a half. Um, Sparknotes version is we've always had the director of marketing, and that I mean that's you've had you had previous people on everything else. So the the job title's been there, but the the fan experience part's kind of new. They kind of rewrote the job description, and it's been open and been waiting to be filled since about October, and just, just things take some time. And so when the job came open, honestly. I was interested, but there was also others going, you should probably look at this. You should think about this. So like, all right, cool. Um, so I just kind of went through everything, and I had some ideas, uh, full transparency. I, I had a proposal that I'd want to implement and things I think that we could do and things that we should do. And then when the time was right and we kind of went through the hiring process, I submitted everything and went through the – the interview and went through a 15-minute presentation, took Q&As from a pretty uh, esteemed hiring committee, which was uh, stressful in some ways, but good in others. And when I kind of pitched to them, I was like, there's things that I think we can that we can change that's going to make a difference. And you could definitely tell that a lot of people didn't want the same old, same old. That sure. they wanted to mix it up. They wanted to try a few things. And my biggest thing was – we're going to be transparent, we're going to be open, we're going to be honest, and we are going to take risk. And we are going to put things out there that maybe we have not done before that we're going to see if they work. And so far, that's what we're working with. We should point out that Eric, well, I guess couldn't wasn't was it still is the SID sports information director for women's basketball. So you're going to be easing a uh, phasing out of that job, I guess, little by little. But right now, doing both. I, I I I'm curious. Are people suggesting things to you anywhere you go? If you run into people who know your position now, giving you ideas and suggestions. We've had some on our show. I've gotten my own. But is that part of what is going on the last week or two? I'm fairly confident that the two hours I sleep a night between two and four a.m. I'm still getting text messages and phone calls of ideas so to answer your question yes i I get a lot of ideas um from people and i I like that i want that that back and forth communication because if you cannot tell by the little bit of the southern twang in my voice i'm not native of hawaii i wish i was in a lot of different ways i know chris (laughs) um but i there's a lot of things that that i don't know about 
the culture. There are things I've learned over the last five years I've been here. But I've been a fan of Hawaii athletics for going on 15 years. Because I became a UH fan when I was in college when Colt Brennan and Devon Best were here and doing their thing. So I've been a fan for years and a supporter of the program, and it's grown over time outside of just football. And so, But there's things I don't understand about the culture. There's things that I, that I want to know and I want to learn. So I am all for people walking up to me, and I guess because there's not too many bearded guys walking around uh, UH, people kind of know who I am. So they'll stop me and go, hey, have you thought about this? I had one happen the other day about an intro song that they wanted me to try and use for something. So I mean, I'm all for it, and I get a lot of suggestions, and I listen to everything. When I was on with Dave Kawada last week, we had someone call in about encouraging military people to salute during the national anthem. It was one of the very first things I did this past weekend when I was in control of, women, of men's volleyball was we put that in there. I know that's something small and maybe not some significant to some, but I heard it, and I was like, that makes a lot of sense. We'll do that. I, I was under the impression when you got this job that it would be things like maybe having a DJ at games or things like you just mentioned. But Chris mentioned on the air about two weeks ago when we were talking about you about maybe having more nacho uh, nacho stands at the stand church, <laughs> which he was saying half jokingly. But you, well, you no, ha- I wasn't half jokingly. <laughs> Why do you have this this huge huge line that takes twenty minutes? To get some nachos when you could just have more nacho stands. You would make more money. But so, you have something to say about that, apparently. Yeah, so I, I can't go into great detail about because not all this is just my decision-making. All this is just constant conversation and collaboration. And believe me, Chris, I'm a nacho guy. And during the, during the men's basketball season, even though I don't work with men's basketball because I was women's, I would go to the games a lot just because I enjoy going. And I was always... I'm not going to lie. I'm a fat guy. I was always heartbroken that the nacho line was not was either not open or only one of them. And so it, it's stuff like that that's kind of like – it's registered with me as well, is why isn't it and what can we do? And there are there are business decisions of to why maybe one stand is not open compared to others for whatever reasons, and it all comes down to attendance. Sure. And my job is to do two things in terms of game day atmosphere. And that is to get our attendance numbers up, which I am going to do everything I can to try and do. But by doing that is – and this is where – and I want this to be recorded. I want Tanner to record this right now. Make sure you got this because I want this to be repeated. My job is to make the fan experience better. Sure. It's not when you come to the arena, you're there to watch a game. You are there to experience something. You are there to enjoy your time there. It is not easy living in Hawaii when it comes to financials. And when you are spending your money, your family's money, to come to our games, I want you to walk away going, that was fun. That was a good time. I enjoyed every second of that. I want that to happen every single night. If that happens every single night, people are going to keep coming back. And regardless of winning and losing, they're going to start showing up. And those nacho lines that Chris wants and I want and probably Gary wants are going to start happening a lot more often And rather than just having one or none not open. I want to drive up the experience to make people walk away feeling that way. You know, here's the here's the way to do this. If Okay, if I'm in a volleyball game and there's 7,000 people there, what you know, how many people do you need to have more lines? For example, and this is to encourage people to come, especially the nacho lovers. You can be marketing like, hey, 
if we get over 4,000 people at a game, whatever game it is, we'll have two nacho lines. If we get 6,000, three. 8,000, five nacho lines. <laughs> I mean, something like that. So people are like, oh, we got to go. It's, anyway. <laughs> Just go to the nacho line. Just go to the nacho line. I'm guessing. We that. have Eric Matthews in studio. He is the director of marketing and fan experience for the University of Hawaii, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. I'm not sure if you were here. You said you were here for about five years. But when Jamie Smith was here for men's basketball that one year of 2016, they had a lot of theme nights. Mm-hmm. Star Wars night, Minion nights, whatever it was. They seemed to be really popular. Is there anything along those lines that you are considering? There are things that we're talking about for the fall of 2023. When it comes to the spring right now, where I've just been implemented, the Magnum PI night was was myself and uh, huge, Kimo. Yes. huge. Thank you, I appreciate that. That was actually in my proposal during my interview process. Was Magnum PI night, and once we kind of started talking about, it, like we can probably make that happen. So I was on Zoom calls with NBC Universal and and production teams to make all this stuff work. And so to answer your question, Gary, yes, the plan is to do more because, again, it's about the experience. There was a couple of cats that have their own little podcast that th- that's not going to put butts in the seats. I beg to differ. If the experience of that night is fun and is good, it's going to put butts in the seats the next game, the next match. Right. And that's what I'm striving to do, but also doing it in the way that that appeases our fan base. Because there's going to be some stuff that I might love and enjoy that I would want to try and do, but it may not fit our fan base. It may not click with them. And that's important. So Magnum PI night was one I thought was going to click with our fan base. And it did. It sure. was a fun, fun night. But there's going to be other ones that come down the pipe that we're working on that I think once you see them, Gary, and once you see them, Chris, you're going to be like, this is going to be fun. This is different. And I'm, I'm looking forward to unveiling those when we get to the point. I am looking forward to Jessica Alba night. Hopefully we'll, we'll have that in the near future. You know, so, hello, Skebe. <laughs> Well, I don't know, just here in Hawaii, I guess, anyway. Now, what about, like, other sports? We're talking about Stan Scherf Center, but what about, like, baseball and football? Yes, football's the big one. Football, we are working on that. We have some dates already kind of figured out that we know is homecoming. We know is senior night. We, have, we know that. But we have some flexibility with some other ones that we're going to have some fun with, and we're going to try a few things. When it comes to baseball, Gary, you may know this. You, you may not know this from what you see me on social media. I'm a huge baseball guy. Yeah. Diehard baseball guy. So I want Les Morikami to have its own identity as one of the best college baseball atmospheres in the country. And I want to take influences from Japan and try to implement that in what we're doing. Now, there's a lot of work that goes into that to try and make that happen. And there's a lot of handshakes that need to happen to figure out how we can get to a certain point. But it is on the radar to amplify what we do and not just be, here's the ball, throw it, let's go. It's a game. No, again, I've repeated myself, but it's about experiencing an event. Can you hang on just a few minutes? I I want to. Why wouldn't I? All right. Hang on for a second. We've got to get a traffic update. Also, since we're talking about baseball, uh, let's – if you're caller number four right now at 808-296-1420, we got four tickets – to Rainbow Baseball this weekend. Is this Friday, Gary? Yes. Friday night's game at Murakami Stadium. Uh, four tickets to the fourth caller, 
1420. And before we uh, go to that, we want to let you know that uh, Sunday, once again, it's tax-free day at City Mill. You pay no tax on everything at the store at all eight convenient neighborhood locations of City Mill. Uh, Not valid for online purchases, though. So spread the word. Head to City Mill and pay no tax all day, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Be right back. All right, got a text uh, for Eric Matthews. He's the director of marketing and fan experience at University of Hawaii. Uh, says, please tell your guest louder and more music at sports events is not needed and does not increase enjoying the actual game. That's a text from somebody. I don't know if you've heard that one before. I have heard that one from our uh, from the Andes and Uncles. I don't mean that to be mm-hmm. disrespectful at all. I understand. Um, so we can talk about that if you want to, Chris, but I, I'm glad that I got that suggestion. Yeah, and I, I think you, you get it both ways. Other people are saying, hey, have more music, have more of this, have less of this. You're never, as, as, the, as the director of fan experience, it's kind of like being the athletic director. You are never going to please everybody all of the time. You are right, and this actually got brought to me by a friend of mine the other day, and they said you probably have one of the most notable jobs in athletics in this entire state. And I can't disagree with them because, Chris, the example you just gave is you're not going to win everybody over. Right. And so addressing what that fan said, and I'm appreciative of their opinion and their take on it, at the same time, I don't want this to be a high school atmosphere. I want this to be – because we are the pro team of Hawaii. If you go to a pro venue, it is about – tempo it is about excitement it is about buzz it's about the elements that you have now do we need to be blasting speakers out no but does there need to be constant noise and continuation i believe so because there's a reason why we do that and it excites people it gets people going um there are some that that don't enjoy that that don't get a kick out of that then i I think that number is not as significant but i'm glad i got the opinion because it factors into things because we do have a we do have a fan base that that is older that doesn't like the loud music, which I get. Yeah, it's Gary, it's Gary Dickman. You can just go ahead. <laughs> More Bruce you know, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. Uh, we don't have a ton of time, but the most popular sport at the University of Hawaii, of course, is Rainbow Warrior football. Mm-hmm. So what kind of things you have in mind to make the fan experience better at the football stadium, besides people being able to see the scoreboard? I hear that's a, a complaint people have, but – as far as entertainment-wise and leaving going, wow, that was more than a game. That was an event. How do you do that at football? Chris, I'm going to give you an answer I don't think you're going to be a big fan of because right now there's so many things going on that's working towards that. So I don't want to give you an answer and not fall through on it because I have ideas, but there's things that go into that. And that's just me being honest and being real with you. Now, at the same time, the reality of this is we're adding 6,000 seats. So when you add those 6,000 seats, what do I have to work with space-wise? What can I do to maximize those type of areas that maybe I don't have anymore or I do know that I have? And that's going to come into the factor of 
what I can do and, and how we're going about it. The thing that I really want to do that we're going to try is we're going to try to implement more cultural things, more Polynesian, more of a, of a feel of a, of a true Hawaii event. Because I just made the comment a few minutes ago about we want this to be like a pro atmosphere. And when you, when you lay it out like the pro atmosphere, NFL doesn't necessarily go towards being fan-friendly in some ways in terms of what you do in terms of promotions. But at the same time, you look at what a Michigan does or what a Notre Dame does or a Texas does, these, these Power 5 schools, they do things that are unique to them. And the mm-hmm. point I'm getting at is I'm going to try and do things that are unique to us, trying to utilize our culture, our influence – that is from here. And that's where I need suggestions. That's where I need to learn more things and figure those things out to add that to it. All right. When we so, okay, so so we're we're a little we're a little. I don't want to take all the time on that, but okay. so we're a little too far away from football season to really get anything. Uh, by the way, somebody did text in. Uh, bring bombucha nachos to Les Murakami Stadium instead of offering the glorified chips and cheese. <laughs> I agree. I, don't, I, I agree. <laughs> Not a bad uh, suggestion. I, don't, I haven't been to a game yet. I don't know. I got to get to a baseball game. Sorry, How have ahead, you not Gary. been to a game yet, Chris? What are you doing? I'm lame. I'm lame. We, we, I've been to volleyball and basketball and the, you know and football, of course. Uh, for some reason, I haven't made it to, for a baseball game for whatever reason. Well, Chris, they're playing the top team in the conference this week, so you have no excuse. You got to go this weekend. San Diego? Yeah, yeah, they're the top you team said that in the early on the show. <laughs> really? Well, one yes. of us did. Yes. Ah, hey, Chris had a career. Who have they played? <laughs> Chris had a career high in attending volleyball games, though this season. So that's always. I went good. to a lot of volleyball games. That's yeah. fun. Hey, that's a, you know what? That volleyball is fun just because the guys are so good, and I you know I I don't know if other people I I kind of enjoy all the things they do on the scoreboard with the paddle cam and the haircut cam and all of that. I kind of enjoy that stuff. You know what would be cool is we saw this on the mainland. Is that guys actually go into the audience? Like your MC would go into the the audience and talk to people or do something. Maybe have a little spotlight on them, and right. they show the guy talking to somebody, and they'll say "Go Bows" and you know, whatever it is. That was kind of fun. So yeah. Oh, that, I'm, that I'm was, sorry. That was something we implemented this past weekend. There, Chris was hashtag Tell Terry V. Is people communicate oh, okay. with us and tell us where they're sitting at. Terry goes up, right. visit with them, give them a prize, have some fun. Like we oh, wow. we oh. just started that this weekend. Yeah, but Terry Vesperos is a little scary, you know, <laughs> for the young kids. Jeez. Oh, I he's a good friend of the family. We love him. We we kid. Hey, here's something. Somebody, you know what? This is what I've heard uh, uh, over and over again. They they want the big blimp back in the arena. Did that thing just like the go up like the box blimp, Hindenburg yes. or something like that? <laughs> so the blimp is still there. It's all about the operator. Is trying to is trying to get the operator to work with us. Therein lies the problem. So I I wish I gave you a better answer than that. But I thought Rich Sheriff operated it. No, no he does not. I guess not. <laughs> he does not. Well, he can do everything else. He can. I'm sure he can operate the blimp. Come on. I I would hope so. We have Is a, text- it a union thing? Come on. <laughs> There's something to it. We'll see. I'm working on it, I promise. I, bet- wow, I thought okay. the same thing. Somebody else <laughs> just texted in. I want to get your thoughts on this. says, need to get the students to attend sporting events. They make college sports events exciting. I talked about the theme nights in men's basketball 
six years ago. What about getting more students to some of these events? We've seen the increase in football on campus. What about in the and baseball? baseball? And baseball, baseball too, they've sure. started coming. So, and this again, I'm being open, honest, and transparent here, is I believe there's a disconnect between our student athletes and our students that we've got to fix. Hmm. And we've worked on that on social media. I don't know how frequent you guys are on social media with Twitter and, and Instagram and TikTok and whatnot. But we have gone out of our way over the last couple months before I took on this role was for athletes to go up on campus and to encourage their fellow students to, some of those. to come to the event to support and do other things. There are some things I have that I can guarantee you that we're going to try during football season. Um, there's one, and Chris, I'll give you a little bit of a, a little heads up on this one, is we're going to attempt to do a T-shirt giveaway during the week up on campus that is going to be catered towards that week's game and do a book, big social media push with the students on campus. We're going to be this location, this time, get your shirt, and go to the game on Saturday. It's a small thing, but it's building relationships because that's the point I'm getting at here is in order for students to come, everybody goes, oh, offer them free stuff. They're go they're, everybody loves free stuff. Yes, that is a quick and easy fix for one game. It's about getting them yeah. to come to more and more and more. And I believe the way that we do that is developing relationships between our student athletes and our students to where, hey, I know that that guy or girl, I want to go support them. I want to go be a fan of theirs and trying to build on that. So that's a long-term thing that we're going right. to work on to try and build that relationship better. Yeah, and I think that we saw a little bit of that for a while. And it wasn't really the theme nights as when Jamie Smith was doing basketball. They would go door to door. Yep. Hey, yeah. I'd like to invite you to the game. And I think that goes a long way. It's a kind of a grassroots, old-fashioned effort. Uh, and I think that I, I think you guys are on to something. I didn't know there was kind of a disconnect, but yeah, these I mean to have these student athletes, you know, really be thankful of the students, I think they'll respond to that. And that I, think, I think that's a good idea. That, that's the goal. That and more nachos. Nachos, of course. <laughs> yes. How All right. Hey, you know what? Campus. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta uh, thank you for coming down. We've got to take a break, but Eric, uh, please come back very soon, and uh, we love having you around. Thank you, Mister. Not Thanks, a problem, Eric. my friend. All right, that's Eric Matthews. He's the director of marketing and fan experience. Just getting underway at the University of Hawaii. Eight forty-eight in the Aloha State with the Sports Animals, and you can join us and the guys from KHON two for a UFC watch party at Dave and Buster's. Saturday at 2.30. Check out Max Holloway, Scrappin' Arnold Allen, other great fights on Dave & Buster's 40-foot wow wall. Come on down and have some fun, fun, fun at Dave & Buster's from ESPN Honolulu. Night I dreamt I was returning. All right, thank you to our uh, guests uh, on today's show. Uh, nice to have Eric Matthews down. And, um, yeah, and he, he, we're, we're trying to get, and I don't know if we can do this, but we're trying to get uh, Lily Wahine Kapu uh, to come on down to Growler, Hawaii, uh, with Bailey Choi. And who else do we have? We've got Morsek and some other uh, um, uh, famous people coming down to Growler, Hawaii on Tuesday. Wednesday. Uh, trying to, on Wednesday, sorry. <laughs> on Wednesday, uh, coming up this Wednesday. But that'll be, that'll be really cool. Um, if uh, Lily's able to make it, they're checking her schedule. Hey, uh, check this out. So uh, yesterday, they, the Phillies, I guess, was this yesterday or the day before? 
The Phillies had a dollar hot dog night. Do you hear about this? I just I didn't read about it. But I heard, I saw that they had something. Yes. So uh, it turned into a huge disaster. Uh, I don't think they'll be doing dollar hot dog night anytime soon. You see, uh, I guess they were, they, were, they were beating up on the Miami Marlins. It was like 8-4, to four, the final score. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, the fans decided to throw all of their hot dogs onto the field. Of course. <laughs> They're just a dollar. And then after that, they started throwing them at each other. There was a food fight of wieners flying in the stadium. Back and forth. It was by the fourth inning, they sold about sixty. Just the fourth inning, sixty thousand hot dogs. Most of them didn't make it into anyone's bellies. <laughs> what a mess! I wish I saw. I'm sure there's video of this. I didn't. I just read about it. I didn't hear about it uh, until uh, you know early this morning. Sixty thousand hot dogs. Probably about 25,000 fans, give or take a few thousand in attendance. Probably less, but twenty to 25,000 there, I imagine. Wow. Yeah, so you're probably like, hey, I'll take five. And then you're walking, you know, it's five bucks. I'll take five. Well, I'm full. Oh, didn't like that call. Throw that onto yeah. the field. Hey, look at that guy. He threw it on the field. I'll do it, too. You're inviting Let's that Let's throw it at each other. I'm sure a lot of people had that idea when they heard about it. Dollar hot dog <laughs> night. We know what's going to happen. I don't know about the food fight. But the throwing them on the field, you know that's going to happen in Philadelphia, of course. They throw snowballs yeah. at Santa Claus. You know, <laughs> but that's that's funny. It's like, uh, you know, if you have dollar drink night, they're not going to throw the drinks on the field. No, they'll just get in fights. I mean, that, that, that didn't work too well. I think it was Chicago or somewhere else back in the 70s or 80s. That didn't work yeah. out well either. All right. Uh, okay, well, that was fun today. And uh, I encourage everyone to... Uh, Come on out to the uh, Lote Championship if you get a chance at Hawakale, uh in Eva Beach uh, going on uh, today, tomorrow, and finishing up on Saturday. Uh, coming up on ESPN Honolulu today, you got Let's Talk Sports at 12 noon, the Scoring Live High School Weekly Show at 2 p.m., followed by Off the Bench with Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes at 3. So we'll see you next time here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.